Hey everyone, welcome back to Skates of the Stakes, episode 110 here. Uh, one of your co-hosts, Rap Martin, uh, here with you guys tonight. Uh, um, so we are going to do tonight, we're going to talk about uh, the retirement of Patrice Bergeron and if that has any implications on a potential John gabriel Peugeot trade for the New York Islanders. As well as we're going to do some projections for the forwards on the Islanders. So we're going to give a basic like uh, goals and points total for all of our forwards um, or projected forwards at this point of the offseason. We all think the roster is pretty much locked in, give or, give or take. Um, and then we're going to go over a kind of tier list system. So we're going to do our first uh, Tears Tuesday, we could call it, on the podcast tonight. And we're going to basically rank every team in the NHL coming into the season as contenders, dreamers, pretenders, and uh, tankers. So the contenders will be the teams with a real shot at the Stanley Cup, dreamers for a team with an out shot, outside shot, pretenders for a team teams with no shot at the cup and then uh, the tankers are the teams in the race to reach the bottom. But without further ado, I'll kick it over to our host, AJ. How's it going tonight, pal? Hey guys, what is up? Uh, yeah, I'm glad to be recording once again. I know we're starting to get to the dogs dog days of summer. We're going to cook up some fun topics like Ryan said, so I'm excited. I think the uh, Pajot rumors have been interesting to say the least. I'm not in love with them, but We'll get into it. I'll kick it off to Jake. Jake, how are you doing on this fine Tuesday night? What's up, AJ? What's up, Brian? Doing good. Welcome to episode 110. We got a bit of a fun one. Um, different concept than the draft we did last week. Hope you guys enjoyed that. And uh, we'll get into it. Yeah, we'll probably run another draft next episode. We don't want to do it every episode because you can only do so many drafts, obviously, with us doing larger periods of time so i think we'll do it maybe every other episode if that's okay with you guys yeah congratulations to aj who won our last draft um you know the the fans are loving his drafting strategy uh, it's, it's up to me and jake to pick up as we go through the 70s 80s and 90s and early odds in the next couple episodes but uh shout out to aj for another draft when me and jake will uh, recollect ourselves and come back at it next time I just want to pull off winning every single one. Call me better than Al Arbor. Sure won't. Um, but <laughs> anyway, so Patrice Bergeron retired from the NHL today. Um, so this was kind of a long time coming thing with Bergeron. Uh, I think, you know, you could go up to any hockey fan and he's going to be one of their favorite players. I, I think, you know, unless you're from Montreal or, uh, you know, a place that doesn't really favor the Bruins or, or uh, you know, you maybe talk to a Rangers fan who only follows New York Ranger hockey. Um, but most people love Patrice Bergeron. He's always been one of my favorite players and he hangs up the skates tonight or today, I guess. Uh, made his official announcement. Um, really loved Bergeron throughout his time, but it leaves the Boston Bruins with a position that kind of affects the New York Islanders. AJ, do you want to get into how Patrice Bergeron's retirement affects the Isles? Uh, before we get into that, I would like to mention, did any of you guys see Mark Madden's tweet about Bergeron retiring? No, I didn't. I saw a mention of it. What, what was the what was Mark Madden saying? I saw R. Ray told him to shut up, but I didn't see the tweet. Um, so basically, Mark Madden's a very well-known radio host, uh, if you want to call him that, in Pittsburgh. A lot of people hate him because he just has these really bad takes and he just hates everything. He's a miserable prick, miserable human being. But he basically called Patrice Bergeron a dollar store Ron Francis. And you don't say that the day someone retires. But was Patrice Bergeron better than Ron Francis? No. 
know was he wrong it's just a weird way to compare Ron Francis and Patrice Bergeron. I didn't watch Ron Francis, obviously, obviously, but just on the day that Bergeron retires, that tweet was not necessary. But then he also backed, he like doubled down on his tweet saying that if you put the Penguins four best centers in history, that Bergeron would be a healthy scratch. And that's true. He's not playing over Crosby, Malkin, Mario, or Ron Francis, but what a miserable prick. I think it's, I mean, that's like a fun radio debate doing Bergeron versus Francis, Bergeron versus Malkin, because, you know, Bergeron, I, I don't know where where you put him in this range of, like, centers. I put him over Jonathan Taves. I probably put him a little bit under Kopitar, um, probably under Malkin, probably under Crosby, uh, under Stamkos as well from guys from that era, uh, obviously under, yeah, obviously under Crosby, above Backstrom, like, you know, he, his legacy secured. He won a Stanley Cup. Uh, they That Bruins team probably should have won two more. I thought about tweeting today, like, man, that Bruins team really underachieved because, you know, every single year they were top three team in the East and they only won one cup out of the whole thing. But really some of those, like the Chicago Cup and then the um, the St. Louis Cup, those were 50-50 things. Like there's a alternate timeline out there where Patrice Bergeron wins three cups you know, as a captain of an original six team. So props to Bergeron. But, um, yeah, I, I would say Ron Francis is probably a little better, but also the goal environment was a little different, so it, it's hard to say. Yeah, the Francis one I really can't get into. I never watched the guy play. I definitely don't, in the, in the nicest way possible, I don't think he's on the same level as Evgeny Malkin. Recently, I even saw the Malkin versus Patrick Kane debates. I think Malkin's better than Kane. And I never really thought it was close. I was like, oh, Patrick Kane's a lot better. Looking at Malkin's stats, they're insane. <laughs> they're a lot better than I expected. I know he's been one of the best centers we've seen. And he's obviously being overshadowed by Crosby. But his stats are so good. He was such a great player. It's probably just partially that the Islanders also have owned the Pittsburgh Penguins as of late, too. So when every time we played Evgeny Malkin, we didn't really get to see the true Evgeny Malkin that the league has seen in the last 12-plus years. We always see a guy that would get pissed off and rattled by Leo Komarov. But Malkin's... I know, obviously, he was left out of the top 100, which is criminal, but he really, really, really is such an underrated and incredible player all time. Yeah, Gino's up there. I mean, like, um, you know, I'm an Islanders fan, so I'm not room for the Penguins or anything. But Kopitar and Gino are two very undersung centers from that area, even though they both have multiple cups, which is crazy. But, you know, they get overshadowed by some of their Canadian teammates as they are kind of like the Russian players. Um, you know, I, I've always really liked Malkin. You know, if he wasn't a Penguin, I would love the guy. I probably would bought a jersey by now, but I hate the Penguins, so it's the duality there. You know, Crosby's always been the crybaby while Malkin, when Crosby's out, he was getting shit done. Um, and if, you know, another timeline breaks right, he goes to a different team. He winds up in Washington with Ovi, and that team is incredibly likable with those two. Uh, probably not for the Islanders, but just for a fan of the league um but yeah no i mean like bergeron finishes probably fifth or sixth best center of his era um great player ne you know he gave his all out there and they uh they really let him down in the last season so it, it's tough it yeah I, I don't know like to focus back on bergeron he was just such 
such a great two-way player. Um, the league's really going to miss him, and I, I'm going to miss him. I really like Patrice Bergeron. Yeah, I've like over the last few years, I started really enjoying Patrice Bergeron more, knowing that this day would eventually come, and it's going to be sad because he's going to be out of the league now. Kopitar's going to be out of the league now, like you were saying soon. All these guys we grew up watching, they're going to slowly start to uh, retire. And I know the new faces are coming in, like Zegers and Jack Hughes, but will we see other incredible... I know I'm not saying they're great two-way forwards in Trevor Zegers. I know Hughes is, but will we start seeing this next generation of these insane two-way forwards? Maybe not to this level. I know Barkov's already up there. Nico Heischer's up there. We'll see. I mean, I think there's definitely some good candidates for the next Selkie two-way forward, uh, best two-way forward debate. It'll be definitely interesting to see who rises to the top now that these guys are starting to pass their, I guess, peak, their prime, and their career. It's also going to be interesting seeing who's the one that lasts the longest. Um, is it going to be Crosby? Is it going to be Stamkos? You know, like, um, we're, we're really, we're losing rec- our recipes here. Like, um, the guys are dwindling every year. So it's going to be interesting who's the last one that we have to say goodbye to. Because that was, you know, the, the two, late 2000s to early 2010s. They produced some great centers. And uh, we were, we're lucky that we appreciated most of them. Uh, I know there's a certain 91 that falls in that group um, that we could evaluate separately. Yeah, we could get into that maybe later. We, saw, we all saw the... Uh big head hockey tweet where he had almost exactly the same stats with the Islanders as he has with, with the uh, super team, quote-unquote, Toronto Maple Leafs. So maybe we'll talk about that later. But back to your point. Actually, with- but, but right now, while we're on Bergeron, um, who would you rather take their career, uh, 91 or um, Bergeron? As, me as a player, or what player would I rather have on my team? Uh, that That's a good framing of it. I guess... I guess, like, my my thinking here is you take 91 as, like, a hockey player, but you take Bergeron's career, uh, but it's it's close. Uh, I don't it's, – it's, it's close. Tavares is obviously the higher offensive talent, but Bergeron was no slouch in his career. Great. He put up points. He put up over 1,000 points in 1,200 games or something like that, and he was debatably, if not one of the top five best two-way centers of all time. Everyone's going to always look at him as one of the best two-way forwards of all time. So you probably got to still go Bergeron, even though Tavares will have better stats. Tavares' two-way game wasn't incredible. It wasn't terrible. It wasn't Selkie level like Bergeron is every year. He wasn't winning faceoffs as much as Bergeron does every year. Everything that Bergeron does is out of this world good outside of maybe being an elite scorer, which he doesn't have to be because he makes up for that with his outstanding defense, his outstanding face-offs, his outstanding leadership in the locker room. So I think I would honestly go Bergeron. And I'm not even trying to be salty here because I'm starting to appreciate the uh, old 91 days watching older um, Islander uh, recap videos. It's like, damn, like this guy really screwed everything he had with us. Yeah, I mean, like, I, I think that's a fair argument. Obviously, you know, banners fly forever. You take Bergeron's career. As a player, I mean, Patrice, like, you know, he was the center. Like, if you want a center on a hockey team, you imagine Patrice Bergeron. I know Tavares gives you more scoring, but just for a two-way game, you take Bergeron, one of the one of the greats, and I think, you know, 
uh, Boston sports legend retires today. Uh, but you kind of start looking at that Bruins depth chart, man. And if David Krejci doesn't come back, which I can pretty much 95% guarantee you he's not, um, it goes, uh, what's his name? It goes Pavel Zaka. It goes Charlie Coyle. It goes Trent Frederick. This is a team that's given up all their draft capital. They have no first-round picks for the next two years. So they're in a position where they want to contend. So the Boston Bruins are going to need, you know, probably some life at that center position. Could they go out and get, like, a uh, Tomas Hurtel? Could they go out and get, like, a Logan Couture to fill the gaps? Maybe. I, I saw those rumors flowing around today. But there seems to be one practical guy that is kind of staring them right in the face at, like, a $5 million cap it. Uh, to play in their top six, and it is John Gabriel Pajot of the New York Islanders. So the rumors start flowing around again today. We, we talked about last podcast of a potential Pajot for DeBrusque trade. Where, where are we casting with that at this point? I mean, I don't hate it. I don't love it, obviously, so that means it's probably a good trade. He's a very good forward. Uh, I think if we give him more time on ice, which we mentioned last time, this year he had a career high with uh, time on ice, and he also did play with next to a lot of really good hockey players in Pasta, Marchand, Bergeron, obviously, Krejci. I'm not sure what line he was on, but either way, he was still seeing power play time, I'd assume, and he was still producing at a level we haven't seen before in his career. I know he had one really good year before this, but not at this level. If he's on the New York Islanders, he's getting those first-line minutes. He's playing next to Barzal and Horvat, and he's looked at as one of the main scoring options on this team. At least a third or fourth option behind Horvat and maybe Lee, or Horvat Nelson. You could debate Lee or DeBrusque, whoever you'd want. There's really no wrong answer there. He would get his opportunity, and he wouldn't really be shunned out like a guy like Anthony Beauvillier, who I know last episode you said were kind of maybe looking at a trade a few years ago doing DeBrusque for Bo. Bavillier, to be exact, just to clarify. I wouldn't hate it. I think losing Pajot is going to hurt the back end a lot, though, and I really would not want to see that happen. He's a very, very good two-way player. Like we said, great with the face-offs, does everything the right way. His scoring has went down, but that was kind of expected because he was getting first assignments with the Senators. Our power plays are traditionally pretty brutal, to be honest. He hasn't helped the power play. He hasn't really... I don't want to say he heard it, but our power plays, besides one year, I believe it was 2021, really have been below league standard. So if you fix a power play, Pajot looks a lot better of a player. If you give him an extra five to seven points, what did he have this year, 40? If you give him 50 points, there's not a single soul complaining about him. I do think he makes maybe a million too much, but a million for a player, a million too much for a player like that who's going to be very hard to replace, you're not going to see me complain. Who's going to replace him on the third line? Because that's a very big hole. I know Horvath can play in the penalty kill. I know Engvall can play in the penalty kill. I know Engvall technically could be a third line center. Do I feel comfortable with that? Not really. But I don't really love the names out there in free agency. The one guy we kind of were looking at was Thomas Nosek. He went to New Jersey. Yes, you can bump a guy like Suzekis up to the third line. You still need a competent center for your fourth line. Or you need a, I guess if you're getting the winger for, um, what's his face? You can move Engvall down to the 3C if you're getting DeBrusque, but it's an interesting one. If it happens, I'm happy. I know we're going to have to pay DeBrusque in, I think, a year. So that's going to be another contract we have to worry about down the line. I'm pretty sure. Check me if I'm wrong on that. And we get out of the longer Pajot deal, but I think Pajot is 
a player that any team who wants to win a Stanley Cup would want on their team. So I don't, I'm not in love with creating Pajot, but I understand if we have to. Yeah, and so my argument here is half like my authentic feelings, and I'll point those out. And the other half is going to be devil's advocate why we're going to want to like make this trade. Um, you know, as as an Islander fan, I love KGP like absolutely to death. I think this guy, you know, has given blood, sweat, and tears for this team over the past couple of years. I absolutely love that show. Even if his production isn't great, he does so much on the ice in terms of intangibles. Um, I made a joke tweet today, like get get ready, clam chowder, buddy. Um, um, but like, and, and that was like a joke. Like, you know, I really, I, if Pedro gets traded, I'll feel like, you know, kind of how I felt when Nick Laddie got traded. Like, oh, we might have improved the team, but like, that's a total bummer. Like, I don't want to see that guy go. Uh, I know your guy, you guys, is Miles very on Luddy, and the listening audience, you probably have very Miles on uh, how much you appreciate Nick Laddie at this point. But you know, DeBrusque over the past two seasons scored over 50 goals. Not many Islanders can say that besides Brock Nelson um, and Anders Lane. You know, like it, it is very difficult for this team to put the puck in the back of the net. DeBrusque hasn't been fully healthy either in the past two seasons, so if he has a full 82, the Islanders could really have something special in their hands. He's going to want to be paid like a 60-point you know, a uh, point a season forward. So you're looking at like five or $6 million range in the long term. But at the current state, like this is devil's advocate right here. Um, at the current moment, like, would you rather have DeBrusque at like 4.25 or Pajot at five? I think the answer is pretty much DeBrusque. And then the Pajot deal, you expect regression. You expect him to get older. We've seen the issues with his wrist and his shooting. He can't really go top bins anymore like he did in Ottawa or with his early time with the Islanders. Um, he can't really go into the dirt or the toy department, um, as Butchie says. But, like, he has trouble with, you know, a shot, unlike he used to do and if you could get good value for Pajot now and move off the contract DeBras doesn't even have to work here you could flip him again at the deadline if the Islanders aren't good and if the Islanders are really good you just re-up him for a long-term deal because I bet that guy would love playing with Matt Barzell and Bo Horvat he was never he was never loved by the Boston fans but I could promise him if he wants to be here on Long Island, the fans are going to love him. So I'm down to do the trade if it's out there. If it's not out there, I mean, the Bruins, good luck to you with uh, Zaka, Coyle, and uh, Frederick, and I guess Lysel down the middle. But uh, that, that, that shit might really stink. So, so we'll see how that goes. Yeah, I think they have Morgan Geeky as well. <clears throat> I saw that in some depth charts. Um... I'm not openly, obviously I'm not openly looking to trade JGP because we've talked about this various times, how important he is to the Islanders. But at the same token, if you're trading him, you're acquiring a, you know, multi-year 25 goal score. Um, but definitely help the first line a lot more. Um, I don't want to do it more than I do want to do it just because of how important he is. And I don't think there's like a solution out there for third line center that I'm on board with, so. I know why, you know, people are talking about it. Obviously, the Bruins have glaring holes in center, and they want that filled. Um, and it was a, a rumor uh, a few weeks ago or, or last week, whenever it was. But we'll see what happens. I don't think it happens. I think Lou kind of recognizes how important JGP is, and I understand you have to trade him to get the burn kit. But that kind of saga is over now. I know it's a contract not everyone loves, but I think for now he's here to stay. But I get I don't. I know nothing about that, so I guess we'll see what happens. I don't know about Lou definitely wanting to keep him. 
I think he would obviously be more than okay to keep him. I don't know with his name floating out there. It's a it's a little bit weary. I know Wallstrom's name now is also floated out there from Elliot Friedman. So both main rumors have come from Elliot from possibly Wallstrom wanting out and then possibly Pajot to Carolina way back in February. It's been weird. His name's been floating out there a lot. Maybe just because of Elliot saying that. Maybe because other people do know what's actually going on from the other team's point of view. Like, oh, maybe, um, let's say Ottawa was talking about getting bringing back Pajot. And Bruce Garot, or whatever his name is, generally did hear from a good source that they were talking about it internally. I don't know. I doubt anything's coming out from Lou's perspective, obviously, but... It's interesting to think about because we don't really hear many names ever get leaked, and Pajot has been one of them. Yeah, Pajot's been leaked multiple times at this point. I mean, from what happened in February where Elliot goes on 32 Thoughts the second after he traded Horvath and says, really curious about Pajot here, um, if he's the odd man out. Someone has to feed that to Elliot. I mean, I've, I've heard how this thing like kind of works, the the uh, insider industrial complex, <laughs> how it kind of works throughout the league. It, it's like he gets fed that from someone and then, you know, he, he's okay to run with it. Same thing with the Wallstrom trade. Wallstrom's a New England guy. I'd be willing to give him up in a trade if Boston can compensate us in some way, like a draft pick or something. But you know, I, I think the Bruins need a really, really badly right now. The Boston Bruins need a two-way center, Jean-Gabriel Pajot. Uh, you know, he's he's gonna play that role um, as that NHL and TNT graphic called him, John John Pajot. Um, he's gonna play that role, so that that'll be good for the Bruins. And then, you know, DeBrusque probably adds five to ten more goals than Pajot would next year. Um, which the Islanders are going to need for a team that's going to struggle for offense and have a really good defense. The one argument I keep seeing from Islanders fans, and AJ, maybe you'll have to play devil's advocate here because you might see this, but a lot of people talk about how good Pajot's defense is and how like valuable that is for the team, which I do agree with. I think he's a great like three third center who can play like very good defensively. But when you're paying Elias Sorokin $8 million, do you really expect that to be carrying too much weight at third line center is the third line center going to be the backbone of your defense no it's going to be the defenseman in front of Sorokin it's going to be Sorokin himself to stop the puck in the net like he's the third line of defense at this point the the third line center or the first line penalty killer so I'm, I'm not expecting too much of Pacho if our goalie's making that much um to keep the puck out of the net and I think he becomes an extendable piece um in terms of our defensive structure I mean, I don't really want to find out personally, because you go into that playoff series if you, if your team doesn't have that energy that Pacho does still bring, and you guys aren't winning faceoffs and you're not looking great, and Sorokin's getting left out to dry, I don't want to be saying like, oh, shouldn't got rid of Pacho. It depends, obviously, if you're getting a really good goal scorer in DeBrusque, you have to give to get. It's that kind of league. You can't just you know, we're not the New York Rangers. We don't get guys crying to come to the New York uh to the New York Islanders here, unfortunately, or else we'd be a super team by now. But I do think Pajot still does play a very important role, even with Sorokin being one of, if not the best goalie in hockey. 
I don't really want to, like I said, find out how important Pajot was to the team. Because we could easily see the team... I don't want to say completely fall off, because that just won't happen. I think they're better than that. But you'll notice a decrease with the penalty kill, which we've praised a million times on this podcast. How good they were, how tough they are, how... You know, how much that could really help control a hockey game, having a solid uh, penalty kill. We're not going to talk about the playoffs here, because that penalty kill, um, we somehow got exposed by the Carolina Hurricanes who had a very bad regular season power play. So maybe if you want to bring that in, you sure. It, we weren't at our best at the playoffs when you need to be, but I still think Pajot does play a massive part in our success, and he's matching bringing someone in. That's not going to have his energy and his fire will definitely also be an interesting way to see how the team reacts to that. They will be fine. They're all athletes. They're not going to cry and be like, oh, no, we're not playing with Peugeot anymore. We're fucked. They'll be fine. I'm not worried about that. But I don't think DeBrusque would bring that same fire that Peugeot does. The I don't care who you are. I'm not going to, you know, he's not getting walked over by anybody at any time. And that's what I love about Peugeot. Yeah, I agree with you there. I mean, he's a part of the backbone of the team, and it's very important to have him around. Um, I think a lot of people overrate the intangibles a little bit. I, I don't, I don't want to say it's like completely garbage, but I think people are in, overrating the intangibles a little bit. I think the team can function without Pajot like it did in eighteen nineteen. Um, but he, you know, the, the little fella himself, the 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 little man that could, he brings so much to the team. I absolutely love Pajot, and I, I'd like to keep him around for a long time. But I just know, like after this year, that contract might not be as movable as it is right now. And if you can get like you know an elite goal scorer. But, like, 30 goals is probably, you know, not elite, but high-ranked goal scorer for a guy like Pajot. I, I think you got to do that. Yeah. I Am I going to be honest here and say that I would be a little bit worried if we got DeBrus that his game might fall off a bit because we've seen that with everyone we've acquired so far? Yeah. Uh, I'm not going to lie. I would be a little bit concerned until everything actually happened outside of Engvall. Pretty much every guy we traded for has taken a step back, which maybe you want to blame that on Lou. Maybe you want to blame that on the Barry Trot system, uh, Trot such lane systems. Whoever you want to blame it on, it's just the reality we've seen so far. Outside of Engvall, who's been incredible and took a step up with the more playing time we've given him, I am a little bit concerned that DeBrusque will take a step back without playing with these high-level elite players. But that being said, if you put him next to Barzal and Horvat, is it that much of a... It's a step down for sure, but I still think Barzal is one of the best playmakers in hockey. So, I mean, it should be fine as long as DeBrusque's able to, you know, get some chemistry and play well alongside them. Horvat and Barzal picked up chemistry pretty quick before Barzal's injury. So, if you're going to make a move, you should probably make it now so everyone can get settled in, adjusted, and there's no excuses about guys not having time to find chemistry or get ready to, you know, know each, know each other better on and off the ice. I, you got to make this move before the season starts if you're going to make a big move like this, in my opinion. But it, it should work out, but I won't lie and say I would be a little bit nervous to watch a uh, decreasing Jake DeBrusque and maybe you get the Jake DeBrusque from 28, let's say 2020-21 rather than the really good goal scoring Jake DeBrusque. So I can't say I can't say there's no uh, it's not like a slam dunk in my mind that's going to be a 100%
great fit for him, but I am confident it should work, but you never know. Yeah, and again, I think all of us are like 30% that this trade even happens. Um, it's, it's more fan fiction than anything. But like, you know, I think DeBrusque, Palmieri, and, uh, you know, you could give it to Horvat Or Horvat's going to be the first option, then probably DeBrusque and Palmieri. Those are three good goal-scoring threats that the Islanders would have. Um, instead of going, I guess right now, be, you know, Horvat. Uh, obviously, Brock's up there too, but like, just trying to think of wingers. It would, DeBrusque, Palmieri packs much more punch than you know, Palmieri, and then you have to look down at Wallstrom for a second or Engvall, but they'll be on the same line with Palmieri. So, it'll be interesting. I think I think this would be like you know the perfect mix to see how well Barzal and Horvath would work instead of throwing Wally on their line where you hit a situation where Wally just can't play with these guys. Nebraska has proven he can play with a top talent in this league, and I think it would be worth it from that perspective. But Pajot is a lot to give up. So I, I could see either right here, and I'm not going to be too mad no matter how, how how this one goes. Yeah, it'll be interesting to say the least. Yeah, definitely. Um, but now we're going to go into kind of forward projections for the New York Islanders. So uh, we saw a tweet this week that kind of got us excited about this and asked for, you know, your most, uh, your boldest take for the New York Islanders. I think as we get close to the season, we'll get more into that. But um, we're going to go through some forwards on the roster, give, you know, kind of points and goal projections for all of them. Um, you know, it's, it's a pretty deep roster. I mean, AJ, what do you think of the forwards right now um, as a whole? Uh, we were going over this before we are recording now. This is probably the best forward group we've ever seen in our lives. We don't have, like, a John Tavares superstar-level talent yet. Maybe Horvat breaks out again. Well, quote-unquote breaks out. Or Barzal becomes a 90-point player. We don't have, like, the big name, the superstar, just yet. But going down the list, it's really good, especially including the AHL guys, like Dufour... Maggio, Durando. We have competent guys in the AHL that we feel that we could trust and we're confident with, which we haven't said that in a very long time. And we still have wild cards in guys like Wallstrom, who we don't know what they are yet, but if he could be like a 20-goal scorer, 40-point, 45-point getter this year, that's fucking awesome. On our third line, possibly? This team has so much potential, they all play to their strengths, and, well, I mean, no shit, but... If they do what they're supposed to, they could really go far this year. Yeah, I think as a whole, they'll just raise the level of goals um, and the team's going to put the puck in the back of the net more. I think it's a deep group with a lot of options. It's just going to be how quickly coaching will embrace those options. Jake, what do you think of the forward core right now? Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> we've said this countless times, the lineup last year and this year it's light and day the depth is really good this year there's so many guys that can kind of contribute um in the bottom six of the lineup obviously we have our toxic top six guys as well so i'm very excited to you know kind of break it down and talk about potentially what they can do for us this year agreed on that brother uh, but without further ado, we'll start our projections. Uh, the first name I have on my list going alphabetically by last name is Matt Barzal, um, the highest paid forward on the team. Uh, my projection for Barzal is full season played. Um, so for a lot of these guys, I, I know we talked about this a little bit in our chat. 
a lot of these guys we're going to assume the 82 games. If you have a guy that you think is going to play less than 82 games, so just for an example, I think Cal Clutterbuck is not going to play the full season for the New York Islanders. Shocker, I know. I'm just going to say in 30 games, Cal's going to get four goals and 12 points or something. Um, and that's how it's going to work. But for everyone else that we don't say how many games we're, they're playing, we're going to assume they play the full season. Everyone okay with those rules? Yep. Okay, good with those? Assuming yes. <laughs> but for Matt Barzal in a full 82-game season, I have Barzal penciled in right now for 25 goals, 85 points. I think that's the first time since Matt Barzal's rookie year he's going to be over a point per game. And I think 25 goals is a pretty reasonable expectation for Barzal playing with Horvat. Uh, we saw that two-on-one in the playoffs. He has that goal scorer's touch. He just needs a winger on his – or a center on his line in this case. I was thinking Matt Barzal needs wingers, but he has a center on his line that's going to open his game up a bit. So I have Barzal down for 25 goals, 85 points. AJ, what do you have Barzal down for? I really want that to happen. I think he can definitely get 90, but I think I'm going to keep this as maybe, I don't want to be a doomer here, but as maybe realistic as I think it could probably be. I'm going to put him at 22 goals, 52 assists for 74 points. I think we'll see certainly a tick if he plays all 82 games. I don't know what his point per game uh, percentage would have been if, or like, you know, his total points if he played the entire year. I know they have those stats. Maybe I'll do that when Jake's talking. But I don't know what he would have quote-unquote finished with if he played a full 82 this year. So I think giving him 74 points is fair. I think he could easily get 80 or even 90 next to Bo Horvat if all goes well. But I think for now I'll do 22, what did I say, 22, fi- 22 goals, 52 assists, 74 points in total for Barzi. Yeah, I also did 22, which would be tying his career high from his rookie season. I have him down for 55 assists, so that would be 77 points. I think 80 could be attainable as well, but um, 77 points. You know, I'll take that from Matt Barzell. I would obviously be more than welcome for him to get 80 or 90, but I, I think that's completely fair. Uh, before he got hurt, he had 51 and 58. And now I'll have a full season of Bo Horvat and maybe Jake DeBrusque. So I think 77 points is pretty fair, and maybe he'll get 80. So before he got his points per game was point eight point zero point eight seven nine points per game, which is really really good. Maybe we're underrating him a little bit here by by my standards, at least making saying he's only seventy four points, which isn't bad. But with the seventy four points, it would be seventy four divided by eighty two. He would still have a point five increase at point ninety or a point three increase. I forgot what I already said. So it still would be an increase on last year, but not as massive as it could be. I think you could definitely get over point per game this year. It just all depends how the power play works out. Yeah, I can't believe I'm the highest on Barzal right now, but um, I think, you know, if you look, uh, there's been multiple articles written by, like, Corey Schneider and other people I respect within the analytics community. Matt Barzal has been prone for a breakout for like four years now. He just hasn't done it because of the offensive environment. I think Bo Horvat's going to get in that offensive environment. So I think 25 goals and then like 60 assists is in off the table uh, for Barzal. Also, if he has a functional power play, um, you know, I think that would very much help him. Um, but that's that's surprising that I'm the highest on Barzal. But here we're going to go into Casey Sezikis as the second name on my list by last name. Um, full season for 
Zekas I'm projecting here. Um, I have him at 15 goals, 35 points. I think he has a bit of a resurgence here as a fourth line that I project to get a little younger. But Jake, what do you have Zekas penciled in at? Yeah, hopefully Hudson Fashing and someone else will be on the fourth line instead of the usual. I have him down for 10. <clears throat> 10 goals, 18 assists, which would round out to 28 points. I think if it gets 28 to 30, that's completely fair. Obviously, if he's the third line center, um, which we'll see if that happens, he'll probably get a bump in points there. But I think he has another good year. I'm very similar with Jake as well. I have tw- uh, 12 goals, 17 assists for 29 points. Pretty good. Not too much to say on Zeger. I think most of us expect him to play. Uh, next up, Cal Clutterbuck. You know, this is uh, pretty much the projection I read off earlier, but 30 games played, three goals, 12 points. Um, you know, that's probably generous. He might need 40 games to get to that point. But uh, don't really expect too much of Cal here, and I think we're going to start to phase him out this year, which we'll see. Not, this isn't like an in- injury guess, too. I know AJ raised that on uh, to me before the pod, but um, this is just I think Clutter might be a little bit too old, and I think we're going to phase him up for or phase him out for some younger talent here. I'm but gonna, I'll kick it over to AJ next. I'm just going to say he's not going to be on the team. I think there's going to be way too much talent for him to compete with during training camp if he's even still here by then i don't think he's gonna make the team personally it's probably you know he had his run here he had a lot of really good years on the island if he's able to he really shouldn't be given or handpicked and given a spot over julian gautier over simon holmstrom over oliver walshrom over even carson kuhlman i'm not too in love with kuhlman yet but i keep on saying kuhlman kuhlman excuse me um, I don't think he's going to play a game this year. I think he might get sent down to the AHL and then he just might retire, honestly. Yeah, that's more yeah. than fair. I thought about giving Cal a zero, but I just gave him 30 out of, the, out of the goodness of my heart. Jake, what do you have for Cal here? Yeah, me and AJ are pretty, pretty in agreement with everything so far. I wrote NA because hopefully he just does not play. Um, so I wrote, I wrote nothing down for Clutterbuck because I just hopefully play zero games. I respect both of your opinions, and I think price is right rules. You both might win with zero over 30. I think it's probably like I, I gave Cal a little too much respect with 30 games played, but um, you know, if it's under 20, I wouldn't be surprised. I think you guys would win a bet there. Uh, next up, William Dufour. So we threw in some AHL guys on this list. Dufour, I mean, I know AJ wants to talk about it in a little bit, but he had a phenomenal season in the AHL last year for a first-year pro. I gave him 25 games, 6 goals, 10 points. Um, AJ, Jake, did you guys factor Dufour in? Yeah, I have. Uh, I'm going to give him 8 games with the Islanders this year. 1 goal, 1 assist, 2 points. Uh, I know Ryan said that I'm going to get into four. Uh, I feel like he's a little bit underappreciated or under, um, a little bit, yeah, I guess underappreciated is the right word. His skating isn't where we need it to be just yet to be, you know, a very good NHL winger. But this dude absolutely killed his first professional year with the uh, Bridgeport Islanders. I know we get to see uh, all the, uh, what's it called, uh, the smart heads, the geniuses, the uh, NHL pro prospect analysis uh saying that oh the islanders prospect pool sucks 
if you want to say that William Dufour is not a great player because of his skating, that's fine. But I'm just going to look at his stats and be very happy out of what we've seen out of how old is he? He is, he was, what's he, 20 years old? He was born 2002, so what, he's 21 years old? He put up 48 points in 69 games. Nice, by the way. That's really good out of a New York Islanders young prospect. We saw Andy Andreoff, uh literally, didn't he lead the league in goal scoring this year? I know he's not a prospect, but um, seeing Dufour put up 21 goals, 27 assists for 48 points his first professional year, that's awesome. That's really sick, and I don't feel enough people are really appreciating how good of a stat line that is for a sixth, a fifth-round pick. We're lucky. Let's just hope this kid continues to grow because he could be a very nice piece going forward. And I hope he is because I really do like Dufour. Yeah, there's a there's a stupid argument that goes around by people who don't know what they're talking about about a, a heavy shot. Give me a heavy shot if it's going on the back of that. I do not care how quickly he moves the puck. But, uh, Jake, what do you have for Dufour in your notes? I agree. Oh, sorry, my mic wasn't working. Um, like I just said, very encouraging year. No matter how you want to put it, first pro season to put up the stats he put up. Um, very good sign for a fifth-round pick. Um, I think he'll stay down there. Can't hurt him another year down the AHL. Um, if there's a lot of injuries, he'll probably be probably be called up. Play around eight to ten games. I'll have him for two goals, one assist. Sounds good. Next up, Arno Durando. Um, I love this guy's game last year. I had him down for 10 po- or ten games, two goals, six points. Um, you know, I'm just high on the kid. I-, I think he's very good. I know he's reaching like 23, 24 at this point, but I like Durando. Uh, Jake, what do you think of Duran-, Duran at this point? Yeah, obviously a guy who's been in Bridgeport for the past couple of years, never really saw him play, obviously got called up because of injuries last year. And really liked what I saw in the limited, you know, games he got i really like his game at the least that's what he can bring obviously got no points in those games but really like what he brought and if they call him up he'll play somewhere to that that's what we need um i do think there's wingers above him on the depth chart now um so but again injuries happen like there could be a month where a lot of guys get hurt and they'll have to come up again um so similar to do for probably around five to eight games i'll have five games one assist all right, I'll take over here, and I'm going to go off a little bit off, uh, maybe off the rails here. I'm going to put him down for 22 games with the New York Islanders this season. Two goals, four, uh, four assists for six points. Right now, Durando's probably the first guy to get called up, maybe uh, Carson Kuhlman, if he starts with the, the uh, Bridgeport Islanders. If he doesn't, though, Durando's the first guy to get called up. I also think Durando could fight for that spot that last NHL roster spot there and possibly even win it. Everyone that has watched him play with the Islanders has loved him so far. They love what he brings. They love his speed. They love his, I'm not going to say his skill, but they love the uh, heart, the hustle, you know, the intangibles. He brings that every night. He's a fine depth forward. Maybe he grows into a little bit more than like maybe a middle nine forward, but I really liked what I saw last year from Durando. I do think he should be the first guy to get called up if we need a forward. If he doesn't make the roster, of course. But 
if he was on the fourth line, I don't think really anyone would complain after seeing how well he started off last year with the Islanders when he played his 10-game stint. I would be more than fine watching, you know, 22 games of Durando every now and then, uh, bringing a spark to the lineup with his speed and uh, his determination, we'll call it. Hey, Jay, I love that take. Um, I absolutely love it because I was, of all the prospects we're going to talk about here, I think from seeing them at the pro level, Durando looked the most pro ready. Yeah. And I think most teams would find a way to put him on a fourth line at this point. It's just we're so committed to the MC squared line, um, the identity mm-hmm. line, that we haven't found a place for him. But I could see a Hudson bashing arc for Durando, without a doubt. Um, you know, I, I could totally see that. Probably not as beloved as Fash because, you know, for his own reasons. But I, I could totally see him fitting in on the roster and fighting really hard at camp. So I love that take uh, that he plays over 20 games this year. Um, but next up, uh, yo, Pierre, do you want to come out here? Pierre Rangel. Uh This been divisive. I think the Islanders signed that contract expecting a big leap. I have him down here for 22 goals. His career high was last year at 17. I think he finds another level playing all in like the whole season top six and i am down for 55 points um i'll kick it to aj here first what do you have for pierre i'm gonna give him 18 goals 30 assists for 48 points if he gets anywhere near 50 it's an incredible contract it's an incredible deal i'm also gonna say he's gonna be our second line left winger alongside nelson and paul mary but the Angvall deal, now that it's done, I'm not as scared about it. If we were giving him, like, four, I would have been a little bit weary about it. I think three for seven years. A lot of years, obviously, but $3 million, he's a great player at the end of the day, no matter what. I think he can take that next step. Do I think he's going to, you know, continue the uh, .5 point-per-game pace? Poss- it's very possible. We got to see what he does. He could also have, like, a, you know... I guess I don't want to just call it a Jake DeBrusque uh, redemption arc, but if you give the guy more minutes, maybe he continues to produce offensively. You're putting him putting him next to two very good forwards as well, next to Nelson and uh, Paul Mary. So it's very possible he does touch that 50 more. Uh, maybe not 50, maybe the 45 mark. So maybe I'll bring that back down. I'll bring it down a little bit. We'll t- we'll go 18, 27, 40, uh, 45. Well, we'll bring it down to 45. I. 50 might be pushing it, but I do think coward. he does have a good... I am Absolute a coward. coward. I'm a coward. I gave Barzal 74 points. I can't give Barzal 74 points and then justify giving Engvall nearly 50. Sounds good. Jake, what do you <laughs> have, Pierre, um, out here at... I know you're a big Pierre guy. I'm a big Pierre guy, which is crazy because I have the lowest... Expect- I played it safe. I tweeted out... I know Alice Turns were in a... Tweet saying bold prediction, and I said he'd get 50 points. But I think playing it safe, I think he'll get 20 goals, 23 assists, 43 points. And that for a $3 million player, that's completely fine. I do think he has a ceiling where he could get 50 points. I would love that. But playing it safe here, I think he'll get around 40, 45. You're a coward. That, that's more cowardly than AJ's. That is. I'm, 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 I'm playing it safe. I'm playing it safe. You literally tweeted it out. That's your hot take for the year. The bold prediction. That's that my bold prediction, points. but then I'm going to say he's going to get 40 points. 43. 43 points. You're, it's not even like it rounds up to 50. It, it rounds down. Like it, It's not even close to 50. Playing it safe. My bold okay. take, but now I'm going to play it fine, safe. Fine, fine. He's getting, he's getting 70 points next year. Are you happy? Yeah, I am. Yes. 
Oh, I almost yeah, put that. 70, I, think he's gonna, I think he's gonna be closer to sixty than forty, if that's fair. I, I just I I didn't want to aim too high because I thought I would be ratio on the podcast, so I played it safe. You're getting a ratio no, now. No ratio. Yeah, I know, I know, my, my my expectation, like I'm, I'm I don't take the heat for that. I, I will change it to seventy points. He's getting seventy. <laughs> All right. I mean, it's basically me. What I my math behind this was taking what Engball did here and then projecting what he did in Toronto on top of that, but, like, replacing Beauvillier in our top six, who sucked, and John Bailey in our top six, who sucked. And I think he can do a lot better than both of them. So that's that's my point on Engball being a 50-point scorer. I respect AJ's take there. I do not respect your take there, Jake. I think that stinks. Um, Next up is Hudson Fashing. I have him at playing the full 82. He probably won't play the full 82 um, with a little bit of regression factored in here, but I have him at 12 goals and 30 points. I'll give it to AJ first here. I'll give him 75 games. Maybe he sits now and then, maybe for like a guy like Durando when we need a spark. I'll give him nine goals. I'll give him 13 assists. What's that? 22 points. Maybe that's a bit mean. Maybe that's a bit mean. Uh, We'll do 22 points. I'm going to give him 14 goals, 11 assists, 25 points, which I think is completely fair. If you play play him at least 90% of the season next to Zizekas, I think that's completely attainable. Yeah, I mean, he had 20 points in basically 50 games. He had 19 and 49. So my math here was just like taking, you know, 20 and 50, add another 30. He's going to wind up with around 30 points. But I could see it either way. I mean, last year he was so magical. Um, we love Hudson Fashing, don't we, folks? Um, but next up, Julian Godier. Um, I have him down here in my notes for 60 games played, 12 goals, uh, um, 35 points. What do you have in that, AJ? I have him at 40 games played just for now. I really want to see how that um, the training camp works. I'll give him seven goals, and then I'll give him, I guess, six assists. If you give him too many points in a 40-game span, then he should probably play more. So I'll be kind of low-end on him because we still don't know what he is. I'll give him 13 points. I, I know I'm being very uh, soft with my great, uh, my point totals here. I think Fashing probably gets more than 22. I mean, I love Hudson, so. But we're going to run over. Yeah, Jake, what do you have Godier at here? Yeah, he'll probably play around 50 games. Um, That's what he's done pretty much every year. I gave him eight goals, eight assists, 16 points. Um, I don't think he's. I I don't think he'll get too much. Like I said, his career high is 14, so this would be his career high. Um, He's playing the fourth line. I, I think that's completely fair. I think, you know, I've been bullish on all these predictions, I guess, at this point, but I think he finds a way into the lineup, and we'll see how it goes from there. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I think Godier has got to find his way into the lineup by November. He might miss some games in the first month and get scratched later in the season, but, you know, he scored nine goals last year while playing, like, 55 games so i have him taking another step in his career here but it's not like a crazy big step and if he doesn't even make the team who, who knows i'm not gonna be the guy running his uh coattails away next up simon holmstrom i have him down here for 10 goals and 30 points in 80 i have him for 82 games he probably won't play 82 games but 
Um, that's my projection for Simon. 10 goals and 30, 30 points. AJ, what, what do you have, Matt? I'm very close to that as well. I have 11 goals, 18 assists for 29 points in 70 games played. Yeah, I mean, I hope they give him the full year because he's like he's young. He should be playing every day. This guy should not be a healthy scratch. Um, didn't put up a lot of stats last year. We obviously know what he brought defensively, but I think he'll be on the stat sheet more this year. I gave him 10 goals, 15 assists, 25 points. Didn't really see him get a lot of assists last year, but in the AHL and, you know, before he got drafted, he had more assists than goals. So I think we see that come back this year, depending on who he plays with. His bangers were bangers, though. Yeah, the uh, he when he scored, they, they were certified bangers. No boring goals around here. Yeah, I mean, I love Seth Simon. Um, we'll see how it goes this year. If he gets the time, I think he's going to develop into a good player. It's just like if he gets the time, um, and I'm not sitting around waiting. Uh, next up, Bo Horvat. I'm definitely going to be high on this one, but 82 games played. I'm down at 36 goals, uh, 83 points. You're making a lot of money. You know, you got to do this. It should be between 83 and 85. I, I think you need at least 35 goals to justify the contract. And go forth and prosper with Matt Barzal, dude. This is one of the best teammates you'll ever have. So uh, go uh, go, Bo, Bo Horvat. I've, I've just kept waking up and thinking about, like, the aura of the Horvat video of him doing that spin after the goal against, I think it was the Kraken, yeah. um, his first home game. But, like, man, I can't wait to watch Bo Horvat play hockey for the Islanders after after a full training camp here and making that $8.5 million. I think it'll live up to the contract. But, uh, Jake, I'll let you go first start here on Horvat. So I put Bo Horvat down for 40 goals, 32 assists, which uh, would go down for 72 points. But he's not here to get assists. He's here to score goals. So he gets 40 goals. I don't think anyone's going to complain. If anyone does, uh, you know, they need to be – Real with themselves. I have Horvat at 33 goals, 35 assists for 68 points. Everything just really depends on the power play because if we have a great power play, you could give him 80 points easy. If we don't have a great power play, uh, it gets a little bit dicey. I think 68 points is a fair shout. I think he does break that 30 goal barrier once again in his career. So we'll see. I think Bo's going to rock this year either way. And if he, if he only saying only brings 68 points. It's still a very good year as long as he's, you know, doing his two-way game as well as he was and winning face-offs. I saw the hockey guy talk about this. Um, he was he made, like, an hour video. It was, like, saying the coaching staff needs to, like, on the power play, have him be in front of the net, um, ready to tip the puck. Because if you watched his goals in Vancouver, almost every goal on the power play was just him tipping the puck. And he didn't really think the honors kind of utilize him differently. So I hope whoever the power play coach is, hopefully not John McLean, can kind of realize that and put him back in position because that's how you utilize both more about in the power play. Sure. Yeah, I'm glad you brought but... that up because I watched a lot of those Canuck games and I was hanging it the whole time. He plays a very similar role to Andres Lee on the power yes. play. He but... plays cleanup. He's very, very fucking good at the cleanup role. Uh, sorry for the language there, but he's so good at the cleanup role. It, it really makes Lee redundant on that first power play. Um, that's why, you know, we'd see sets with Horvat at the bumper spot and then lean up front. And it's the same thing with Pajot a few years back, but I think if you're paying Horvat this much money, he needs to be the net front guy, no matter what. And you have to figure out something else to do with Andres Lee here. 
Yeah, that's the issue I was going to mention. Obviously, that's Anders Lee's spot. He's the captain of the team, making $7 million as well. So it's going to be a battle for who gets that spot. I don't really love Horvat in the bumper role, which is another issue for the power play. I'm fine with Pajot there, honestly. I think his shot will get better this year if he stays here. So I'd rather have Horvat in the cleanup role in front of the net than the bumper. But we'll see what they do. Yeah, next couple guys will be uh, quick here, but I have Ruslan Nishikov. I have him at 20 games played, uh, five goals, 10 points, nothing nothing crazy. I expect to have Vichy here. If he makes the team out of camp, that's awesome. If not, totally fine. I have him at three games played, no goals, one assist. I, I've pretty much underrated Nishikov his entire tenure as an Islander so far. He was great last year. I know the Chris Terry article came out saying that he's one of the most talented players he's ever seen. So, you know, just another uh, chip. I guess not chip's the wrong word, but just another really good prospect we apparently have in our system. Let's see what he could do. Hopefully he has a very good year in Bridgeport. I don't think he's going to get the call up this year. Maybe next year when we really uh, need that goal scoring. I mean, I guess we need the goal scoring touch now as well. I think he needs one more year to develop possibly. I haven't really seen too much of him, so I don't want to, you know, say, oh, he needs to do this, this, and this. He is an undersized, uh, small forward. We've seen guys like this work out plenty of times in the league, uh, such as Cole Caulfield. Will he bring that talent to the next level? Is his skating at that talent for the next level? I'm not really sure. I've heard a lot of good things about him. Seeing Chris Terry say all that about him was really cool to see as well, but we'll see if he can continue to improve his game. I do want to watch him and get a better feel for his game this season. So I think he does make his debut. I think the organization will give him that, uh, I guess, luxury is kind of the, the weirder way to put it, but I think they'll give him that that moment to like say, look, at look, kid, you've done very good for us so far. Here's your uh, taste of the, you know, the taste of the show then go back down and really kill it if you want to stay here. Kill it in the AHL if you want to come back up here. Sorry. Um, yeah, number one, farewell to Chris Terry. He is no longer a Bridgeport Islander. He went to the Chicago Wolves. Um, and, yeah, uh, like you brought up, his first season uh, professionally, I know he played in Germany, but 51 points uh, as a 22-year-old. He's now 23. Um, I think he'll get a look this year. I think last year they just wanted him to develop down there as a winger. He can play wing and center. So whenever there's a, a hole, maybe they'll call him up. Um, wherever he goes, this is his age 23 season. I think he'll make that jump, um, you know, next year. However, um, as a prospect, obviously the knack on him is his size and People say he's not as dynamic of a skater for his size and other people, but he still has decent speed. And the, the skill is really what makes Russell Nishikov versus Nishikov, as Chris Terry said. So well, I do think they'll call him up this year. I do think they want to see um, what he can do at the NHL level as a middle sixer, maybe even on the top line. Uh, it'd have to be real best for that to happen. But um, somewhere to do for, I think he gets around 10 games. I think he gets three assists, no goals. Yeah, that's fine. I could see like us getting desperate and throwing him in the top six. Um, that was kind of my logic behind it. I think he definitely scores a goal, unlike you guys. Um, AJ, did you have him at a goal? I, I, I don't think you did. I did not. I think I just getting, yeah, yeah, I was getting water. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Um, yeah, but uh, next up, Carson Kuhlman. Uh, sorry about that. Carson Kuhlman, I have been playing eight games in the show. I have him one goal, three assists. 
Um, Jake, what do you have Carson Coleman at? Yeah, this guy's going to be the Otto Andreev call-up if a center has to be out. I guess technically he's our fifth center. Um, I think he'll get around five games. Um, as long as he brings, you know, a good two-way game, you know, I'm not looking for him to score. So six games, one point. We'll give him an assist. Uh, for uh, Carson Kuhlman, I got four games, no points. I know AJ's lower on Kuhlman as uh, I am. I, th- I think he's going to fit in at some point. Um, just just younger legs doing the same shit the fourth line can do, but much worse. So uh, we'll see how it goes. Wait, um, next before up- we move on to that that point, I just think like Durando's going to take that spot from him and battle harder, I guess we could say. I think Durando will beat him out. Yeah, yeah, we could, we could do that. I mean, I, I agree with that. I mean, it's it's not a bad point. Um, I just say, like, there's got to be some games where normally you'd go to Ross on your fourth line, and instead you're going to go to Carson Coleman because he's, um, you know, he's just kind of like a guy who's played on NHL fourth lines, and he's he's pretty scrappy, so I'm, I'm fine with Coleman um, in that role. Um, next up, a man whose role is becoming smaller and smaller with this team every year, it seems. Um, Andres Lee, 82 games I have him at. Um, I have him at uh, 30 goals again. I'm going to be high on Lee, bullish. And I'm going to say 62 points. Um, this might be the highest projection. And I apologize if I'm the one pushing Andres Lee propaganda. But I'll send it over to the biggest Lee fan on the podcast here. AJ, what do you think Andres Lee's putting up next year? Uh, I really don't know, honestly. I'm I honestly could be really good next year. I really want to set Jamie Ben uh, resurgence, but he also never put up. He never won an Art Ross. I know Jamie Ben winning an Art Ross is one of the most embarrassing things in hockey. But I'm gonna give him 26 goals, 25 assists for 41 points. I think that's a very that's a little bit bullish. Uh, maybe bullish is the right word. Maybe uh, skeptical. I think Lee could put up 50 points again. I think he could put up 32 goals. I'm going to stick with 41 because it's more likely that he digresses and breaks out in that sense. So going off the pattern, yes, I think 41 points is fine. Also getting 26 goals is nothing to be upset about. We'll see where he plays. We'll see what he does because we don't know what role he has yet for this team. I do think we will have a successful year for the New York Islanders, and I think I will be hating on him hopefully less this year. He can get anywhere up from up to 40 or even, we'll say 35. We're going to be really mean here. 35 to 60 points. If he gets over 60 points, I am the happiest person in the world. But we'll go 41 just to be um, conservative and lenient. Maybe not lenient, conservative. That's a lot. Lower than he had this year, so I, I would not. I'm, I'm not sure. If, what did he have this year? I, I think it was first. He, he had 49, right? He had yeah, 49. 49. That's not that much of it. It's eight less points, obviously, but it's a power forward. These guys, you know, their bodies, the wear and tear on their bodies really do impact their play. And he might have a decrease in ice time. If we have a better power guess, play, though, then you can give no, him absolutely. another, like, seven points. That's like. For all these guys, I've been giving them lower point totals because I'm not expecting the power play to be fixed. If My predict- <laughs> sorry, I didn't play. I did. I didn't play it safe with Andersley. Um, here's how I looked at it. I was 
booking that we did last year. He got 28 goals in an atrocious season in my book. If he hits 30 goals, gets around the same assist, 25, that's 55 points. You know, it's not a – I know he's a year older, he's a power forward, but he had 28 goals and didn't score for, like, the last two months. Like, if he does what he did at the beginning of the year, I don't think 30 is that bad. Usually, you know, that's what he usually does for assists. But 55 seems a lot for Anders Lee, but, um, you know. I, I just made a mistake here. So um, I said twenty six goals and twenty five assists. That's fifty one points. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. There we go. I, that, I knew something. Yeah, I was looking at him like that looks weird now. Yeah, fifty one. That's fine. I can still see him getting forty, but yeah, I I think he'll get fifty one. I think he's still a good hockey player. <laughs> I was yeah, just looking at them, and I like, hate fact-checking on the podcast. I know Jake said 49. He had 50 points last year. It wasn't really that, that bad. It was just a terrible March and April that derailed Lee's season. So. Yeah, I still think he takes a step back and puts up 51 in that sense. Like, I think and he'll that's... be more consistent. He won't have three points in 20 games or whatever, how god-awful he was at the end of that year. I think he'll maybe put, like, you know, two points here... Zero zero one point here. Uh, Fifty one's a fine point total. Yep, agree with you there. Um, without further ado, we'll move on to the next guy here, Matt Maggio. I haven't getting his cup of coffee. I've been one game in the NHL this year, and I'm being generous. But one game for Maggio. That, that's all I have. AJ, what do you have? Uh, I have him getting two games with one assist. Sounds good. And just like clockwork, Jake, what do you have here? I don't think he's going to get a game this year similar to Ishikov last year. I think they should just get in the year of the AHL. But shit happens. A lot of guys can get hurt. He can come up. But I, I don't think – I think they're just going to keep him in the AHL this year. Probably for the best. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> but let him develop. Um, yeah, it's fine. He was great in the he's AHL in the four team. games he was last year. It's going down there. We'll see him next year. Yeah, I think a full. Se- I think it'll be a like close to a se- full season in the AHL, and then for like, you know, someone gets injured late, we might give up Maggio again because he'll look close to right. I think he's gonna dominate the AHL honestly. Um, but next up, Matt Martin. Um, I have Matt Martin played forty five games. I have Matt five goals. Is sentimental. He's my favorite player, and I have Matt fifteen points. What do you have, Matt? Jake. Forty five. Too many. No, I'm, I'm kidding. Um, I do think he'll obviously play less games. I don't think he should be starting the year. I'm perfectly fine with him kind of being the 13th forward. Um, if he needed be more physical signs, I'm putting in Ross, but in Matt Martin. Um, I think he'll get around 20 games, um, and I'll get him for two goals, three assists. Five points. Math. I'll go with 30 games played, three goals, four assists for seven points. If Martin plays, I'm not upset. I think Martin was very good last year. I think people are saying, like, you know, he had a career year, which he did at the beginning of the year, but at the end of the year, it was starting to get ugly again, and he really didn't produce, which, I mean, fourth line, left wing, you're not really looking for 50 points out of him. He's not a first liner, but the goal scoring did come for him, and the point getting really did come from him early on in the year. did have a very good year. I don't think he should be exiled from the team. I would want, I really want him to stay for one more year at least. I like him, but I would rather see uh, Fashing play. I'd rather see Durando play. All the kids play. 
But keep him in the locker room. Yep, that's about right. I'm, um, you know, either way, it's fine. I, I love Matt Martin. I'm the Matt Martin fan of the podcast here. Um, I think he still slots in for 50. I, I think he finds a way into the lineup. We'll see where it goes. But, um, you know, I'll kick it over to the Brock Nelson fan of the podcast. I have Nelson at, uh, and he's next, obviously. I have him, Nelson. Uh, playing the full season, I mean, he's been Mr. Reliable lately. He barely misses games. Uh, 35 goals, 75 points. I think he keeps the level he's been at. AJ, what do you have Brock at? Uh, you guys are going to laugh, maybe. I think Brock's going to be our highest point getter this year. I have him at 40. I think he he cracks 40 goals, 42 assists for 82 points. I mean, I don't think he's a better offensive player than Horvat, but it would it really shock us if he was a point per game this year? He's only been getting better with eight he's been a fine wine he's been incredible to watch my favorite player if he really did this i don't think too many people on long island would be that like they'd be out of this world happy but they wouldn't be like shocked if he was a point per game this year he probably deserves it too the way he's been playing he deserves to be a point per game get him a better power play he's probably a 90 point player for like maybe probably last year if we have a good power play he's a 90 point player that's a really scary thing to think about, Brock Nelson being a 90-point player in the fucking NA. What did he get last year, 72? Someone help me out here. I'm going to walk it up. Because um... whatever he got last year, you add, if we had a competent power play, you add maybe... Eight... 75. He had 75. He could literally be a point-per-game player if we had a competent power play. Oh my god, what, are, what timeline are we living in? Brock Nelson could almost be a 90-point player and possibly even be a 90-point player. If you want to add the empty net points from power play goals, we win more games with power play points, and then he gets the empty net points on top of that. He could be a 90-point player. He's fucking awesome. I love Brock Nelson so much. He's our best player. I'm going to get into mine, and he is my highest point getter as well. I have him getting 40 goals, 38 assists, 78 points. My board's number 77, so Brock Nelson would be the, the highest point getter. Um, I think 40 goals is something that's going to happen. He's just getting better and better and better. We're seeing it. He jumped in points last year, and I think that's the Brock Nelson we're going to see again. And the perfection line gels again with it, you know, last year, I think. Then we're going to Palmieri, obviously, soon, but sky's the limit for those three players. Pretty good. Um, next up, I've got um, next on the list is John Gabriel Peugeot. I know we talked about him earlier. Um, you know, I might be the conservative one here on him, but I have 82 games played, 15 goals, 40 points for Peugeot. What do you guys have, Matt? Ooh, wow. I have him at 19, uh, 19 goals, 30 assists, 49 points. He's been consistently a very sneaky good hockey player, kind of like Jordan Eberle, where I underrated Eberle. If you look at his stats, his stats were always good, but he felt like he never really got... I know we did score the big goal in the uh, bubble, but I feel like there was times where he would just kind of go ghost and wouldn't really produce, maybe get secondary assists on guys' goals. Wasn't really dominating and taking over like you'd want to see out of your maybe second-best winger or best winger at that time, however you want to look at it. I think Pajot kind of gets the same treatment from other people. He had a very good year. He had put up 40 points last year. I know his shot isn't there anymore, so maybe 19 goals is a bit of a stretch. Maybe we'll take that down to 16 goals. We'll give him 46 points. 
I think maybe the trade rumors also gives him another uh, another chip on his shoulder and makes him play even harder this year. So we'll go 16, 30, 46. You directly copied me. I have 16, 30, 46. Oh, man, play the lotto. Fair, fair enough. Um, I think he's takes a better step than last year. I think he got 40 last year, if I'm correct. I think he scores a few more goals, gets a few more assists, um, helps out in PP2. Uh, it's all good. Um, if he's here, obviously. Um, if he goes to Boston, I care about how many points he gets. Hell yeah, brother. Um, next up, Kyle Palmieri. I have Matt full season played. If he plays a full season, he's getting 25 goals, and I have Matt 50 points. Um, yeah. What, what do you have in pencil in that, AJ? Go to Jake on this one first. I want to get the numbers correct on this one because I'm a little bit interested in playing around. So, Jake, you kick this one off. Yeah, if he plays a full season, which again is a big F, he's kind of been injured the last few years. I'm not going to blame him for getting hurt last year. Obviously, back-to-back concussions is rough for anyone. But, again, this is if he plays around 80 to 82 games. I'm for <clears throat> 27 goals, 29 assists, which would be 56 points. Um, at 20, When he played a full season a few years ago, obviously he was with New Jersey, but he had 25 goals. So, we've seen what Kyle Kamara can do when he's healthy. So, it's all about staying healthy. Um, I see a lot of people writing him off. So, I think he's, he's in for a big year. Um, so, very excited for our Italian boy. Okay. Uh, I have it figured out now. 23 goals, 24 assists for 47 points. I think he could probably break that 50 mark. I think he probably should put up more points than Angball. I, you know, I love Palmieri. I love what he brings to the team. I love what he brings on the ice. Never really shows any quit. Um, mean motherfucker out there, excuse my language, but... I think he could easily get over, maybe not easily, I think he could probably break the 50-point mark, but I'll be conservative on this one, say 47. Sounds good. I mean, yeah, we're, we're all in the same range for Palms, and we're all big Palms guys, I know. Mileage varies there. Uh, next up, this should have gone under Jay. This is my, my, my first ever mistake on the podcast, guys, I'm sorry. Um, but I just put Ross... Um, so this is Ross Johnson. I am at zero games, zero goals, zero points, obviously. Uh, do you guys, either of you, shout out quick if you think Ross plays this year? No. 82 games in the AHL. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. He gets like, uh, well, he gets like one game. I'll give him one game. All right, so AJ wins if Ross plays. Fuck, that's uh, that's good odds. Sorry for the language. Um, and last but not least, Oliver Wallstrom. I have him at 65 games. I have him at 18 goals, and I have him at 43 points. Um, AJ, what do you have Wally at? I have Wallstrom at 18, uh, 70 games played, 18 goals, 20 assists for 38 points. Or no, what? We'll do 15. We'll do 15 assists for 35. <laughs> 38 is a little bit too much. Um, so, Ryan, that means you got had him for a lot of assists, right? What? Ryan had 18 goals. But Wait, my math is wrong yeah. again. I'm a... Oh, screw this. I, <laughs> I don't know how to math anymore. I'm, I graduated. 18 goals, 17 assists, 35 points. Okay, I have him for 20 goals, 15 assists, 35 points. I think he plays around 70 games. Um, hopefully he recovers from what we think is was the ACL, um, and hopefully it's a big year. And 
have to sign him back, obviously. That is if he wants to be here, which remains to be seen. Yep, sounds good. So that's all the Islanders' point projections. We'll put them up on Twitter if you want to look back at our final list. We'll see where it goes from there. Um, I have a tier list up. Um, so for the final kind of project we're going to do here on the pro- podcast tonight, we're going to go through all of the NHL teams and we're going to put them into four four tiers here, folks. So this, this is a pretty easy um, concept to remember. I heard this on the Brian Windhorst uh, basketball podcast from ESPN today. Um, or I guess it came out on Monday, I listened to it today. It is the contenders, the dreamers, the pretenders, and the tankers. So those are the four teams in, or t- tiers for the league. So contenders, we're going to put as teams that have a realistic shot at Stanley Cup. Uh, dreamers, teams that have an outside shot at the Stanley Cup. Um, can, or pretenders as teams that think they have a shot at the Cup, but they do not. And then tankers as the teams that are racing at the bottom of the standings. So without further ado, I have the Anaheim Ducks as tankers. AJ, do you have anything different? Jake, do you have anything different for the Ducks? Uh, no, I agree. Are we doing one combined list, or do you want us to have our own? I yep, we're we... going to do one combined list. So with three people on the podcast, if we go two people have them as one thing, and the other person has them as something different... Um, we will just go with the two. If it, like, kind of everyone has them in a different place, we'll talk it out. But I think for the most part, we're going to be in agreement. Yeah. Gotcha. So I put them. Oof. <laughs> I, I didn't. I could see them being tankers, but, like, they did sign Alex Horn this offseason. Um, I think Zellweger might make his debut this year. So they obviously shouldn't be as bad as last year. Um, so I put them in pretenders. But I... obviously, two beats one. I couldn't disagree more with you. Uh, I'm not moved by Alex well, Kalorn. I think Zellweger's a, a very good prospect, but it's still we've we heard that about Eric Brandstrom. I until they become good, they're not good. I don't trust the Ducks at all, and gonna, maybe give us a uh, maybe give us Troy Terry. Yeah, that's something we can talk about next episode. I think um, if you've made it this far in the pod, we appreciate and love you guys. Uh, but, like, Troy Terry's coming up on his arb hearing, and he might be on the block, so we'll see what happens there. But, um, yeah, I think Anaheim's going to be, like, you know, 75, 80 points. They'll be a little better than last year. But, you know, they were one of my late-night teams. I'd watch them, but I knew they never had a shot. Um, this is a prime Yankee official team coming up next, so I'm going to give him first dibs on this. Jake, where do you have the Arizona Coyotes here for next year? Um, I have them as pretenders as well. I know they're having a decent offseason. They got Sean Dursey, um, AJ Sky, Jason Zucker, Alex Kerfoot. Um, obviously, they still have the same goaltenders, but I don't know. I just don't see it again this year. Um, I think they'll be better, that's for sure, but um, I think they'll still be kind of the pretenders tier. Yeah, I agree with okay. that. You have them as pretenders. I have them as pretenders. I think they're they're starting to build a decent team. That being said, Zucker's gone on the deadline. Kerfoot was it a one or two year deal? I believe it was one. I'll pull it up. Kerfoot, but um, Kerfoot's done on the deadline. Then two, they're not going to make the playoffs. I think they're going to have. They're not an easy team to play against. I think what they're doing is kind of like the Islanders Junior. 
Last year, they were a very tough and hard team to play against. This year, they're starting to get a little bit more skill and getting better players on one year's deals to flip. I think they still might get Matt Dumbo as well, which would be a nice addition if he could get anywhere near his prime. I know that's weird saying Matt Dumbo prime wild form, but he's a very weird player. I've seen a lot of people saying like that he really needs to step it up. He might be out of the league soon, which maybe it's a bit drastic, but I, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. I think Pretenders is a fine shot. I don't think they're going to be one of the, like the bottom seven teams. I think they'll pick probably like 10 or 11 this year. It's a two-year, three-and-a-half million AAV deal. That's beautiful for them. So they could literally trade him at the deadline, take eat up half that contract, and get a massive return if he has a very good start to the year. There's, they do it literally like NHL GM mode, which is very funny and probably the reason why they haven't been successful for, you know, <laughs> two decades yeah. now since their last playoff. Well, technically, they had the one playoff run, so we'll say a decade. In 12-13, I think they made the conference finals. They lost to the Kings or whatever year that was. Sorry. Um, and then they beat the Predators in the bubble and then got whooped by, uh forget who, in the first round. I think it was the, uh, the I think it was the Avs that beat them in the first round. Um, but yeah, I have them in tankers. I'll move them to pretenders for the sake of you guys. Um, you know, I, I don't think this team's going anywhere. I, I have a bigger net for tankers. I know AJ said bottom seven. I have like bottom 12 as tankers, but we'll, we'll get to that point when we get to it. Cause I, I think a lot of teams in this league are going nowhere. Um, but we'll have so far, so far pretenders, coyotes, tankers, dogs, uh, next one is the Boston Bruins. I'll go first here. I have the Boston Bruins and pretenders. I think they're a lot more confident in their chances than they actually are. Um, I don't think this team's going to be very good. I don't think they're going to sneak in the playoffs. I actually have them outside of the playoff mix right now. Um, so I have the Bruins as pretenders. What do you have, AJ? Um, I would put them the highest position in pretenders or the lowest position in dreamers. They still have incredibly, incredibly, incredible talent. I know I said incredibly and then incredible. But um, they have very, very... Um, why am I double saying my words? Holy hell. <laughs> Sorry about that, folks. But they got Pasta. They got Marchand. They got McAvoy. They have Olmark for now. They have Swayman if they get rid of Olmark. And if they get rid of Olmark, they're bringing in a good player for Olmark, obviously. So I, I trust Sweeney. I think he'll find a few guys to plug up the holes. I think Morgan Geeky's going to be very good for them. I'm not saying he's going to put up more than 40 points, but I think Morgan Geeky has that ability to break out. He, I saw it with Seattle when I watched there. Very underrated forward. I think people aren't giving him the light of day he probably deserves. So we'll see how he does there. I think he could be very good. Maybe 35 points as a third-line center. Maybe more. Probably less. I would put them bottom of dreamers or top of pretenders i don't think they'll make playoffs but i want to see what sweeney does because i think he's gonna fill up at least one or two holes here maybe they get a guy like troy terry i could see that i could see him in a bruins jersey unfortunately i still don't think they'll make the playoffs even with troy terry though so jake where do you have the bruins i have them in dreamers obviously the center you know situation isn't great right now so Pashnak, Marshawn, DeBrus for now. They got JVR. I uh, just said Morgan Geeky, the son Shattenkirk. They got Lucic back. And obviously they still have their goalie tandem. For now, I know there's a lot of rumors centered around 
Olmark about a month ago, uh, right after he won the Vesna, funny enough. Um, but I don't think they're a lock in the pl- for the playoffs. Could they make it if the center play is, you know, decent enough they can? But I don't know. I think it's a glaring issue. So I don't think they're a lock. But, you know, I don't think they're a pretender by any means because of the other, you know, positions that they do have that they kind of excel at. Yep. Makes sense for me. I think the best place I'll put them is, as of this moment, I'll have them at the bottom of the Dreamers. Um, next up will be the Buffalo Sabres. Um, so I'm going to put the Sabres below the Bruins and Dreamers. I think they're going to be in the Dreamers tier. And I just don't think they're, you know, I, I think they're going to try to make the playoffs this year. And what they do this year is going to tell a lot about this core going forward. But we'll see where it goes from here. Um, where do you guys have the Sabres right now? I'm going to put them a little bit higher than Boston just because of their team on paper is a lot better, more well-rounded, better built. They don't have the goaltending. I mean, I think Levi could be very good, but once again, young goaltender, we need to see it before we can say it. Uh, I would put them in Dreamers because I think they will be, they'll have a better season than Boston by like maybe four to six points. I think they'll be pretty good. Just depends if guys should stay healthy. They have uh, Maddie Savard coming up. They have uh, Coolidge who might get a few games. Depends who they plug and who they want to place around their team. And the guys they have now are very good. I think Alex Tuck deserves a lot more respect around the league. Yeah, I'm going to put him in Dreamers as well. Um, got Eric Johnson and Connor Clifton this offseason, so they're trying to get better defensively because that was obviously a huge issue. Uh, Devin Levi is going to be probably the starter for the whole year now. He was solid when he started um, at the end of the year. Um, they might trade Victor Olsen. Don't know about that yet, uh, so we'll have to see what happens. Um, but, yeah, I mean, they're keeping all of their offensive guys who kind of excelled last year. Um, they brought back uh, Gergensons and Oposo, so I don't know if Kulik and um, Savoy saw it right away, but, you know, I think they'll be better. Um, and I, I would put them over Boston right now. Sounds good. Um, next up, I have my Calgary Flames, a team that I normally pull for. I'm going to have them in the Pretenders tier right above Arizona. I mean, it really all depends on Huberdeau and Uyghur, um and Kadri, I guess. Team looks like shit. I'm not very confident in them. I think they still think they have a chance, but they don't really have a chance on putting them in pretenders. Uh, what do you guys think of Calgary at the moment? They're they're my second favorite team, so please be nice. But um, they're, they're, it's not looking good, bro. Uh, I agree with pretenders. I also think they could, might be worse than Arizona this year. Ari- I mean, once again, on paper, Arizona doesn't look that bad, depending who they call up, what kids they bring up. If they bring up... Um, What's the guy they got from Michigan? Who was the top three pick? What's it? Oh, Logan Cooley. Excuse me. Logan Cooley. They play Cooley and, you know, Michelli has another great season like he probably will. I love Matias Michelli. Uh, might be my next jersey, actually. A lot of good talent coming down in Arizona. They got some decent depth this year with Zucker and Kerfoot. They have good goaltending. I don't think it's better than Markstrom, but I think Vizmelka also is a very, very good goaltender. I could see them being better than uh, Calgary this year. I don't think it's likely, but I think it's possible. I also might be an Arizona Coyotes homer, so take that with a grain of salt. 
you are, but the other person on the podcast that will make this decision is a massive Arizona Coyotes homer. So, uh, Jake, what, what, do you have Calgary above or below Arizona, or do you have them in a different tier? I'm taking Arizona over Calgary. I mean, they're just not that great of a team, and I'm sorry. But um, this offseason, they obviously traded Towers fully got um, Yegor Sharangovich, obviously new GM coach as well. Uh, I believe they also signed Jordan Osterley. Um, so, but I mean, Kubido uh, could take a huge jump. Kubido could play like he's being paid. Uh, Kodra could have a big year. They also got Man Giapane as well. So maybe Uyghur kind of plays like he did in Florida. He was decent last year, but um, we'll see what happens there. But I'm going to take Arizona over them. So sorry. <laughs> yeah, that's just stupid. Um, I thought AJ was high on the Oats, but I don't think he's that confident. I think Calgary is going to regress back to the mean and be like mid 90 points, but we'll, we'll see. They uh, also might make some more trades, so we got to wait on that too. They might still get out of Lindholm, and they might maybe sell another piece or two. If they sell another piece or two, they're really bad. Yeah, yeah, at the moment. I, I guess we'll date this like July 25th. Yeah. Um, next up, Carolina. I'm putting them in contenders. You know, they're a good team, they're well coached. Uh, we lost them last year, but uh, you have to admit they're a good team. And that's that's where I have Carolina right now. I don't think they're going to be the team that lifts the cup, which might put them in dreamers, but I think they're going to be a team that's out there at the Final Four, so contenders for me. Yeah, definitely contenders. Probably the either the best or second-best team in hockey. I know they just uh, re-signed, uh, or I guess brought back, not re-signed, Tony D'Angelo. I'm very interested in seeing how this defense core is going to work because now they have Slavin, Pesci, um, D'Angelo, Orlov, Burns, and Chatfield. I'm, for, I'm forgetting someone as well. There's another guy because there's seven. They have seven incredible, maybe not incredible, but they have seven very good NHL defensemen, or we'll go six very good NHL defensemen and Tony D'Angelo, who still is very good on the power play, but, you know, defensively is a nightmare. I really don't see them sitting Jalen Chatfield after how incredible he was last year for them. I don't know. We'll see how they really play it out. They have a lot of offensive um, offensive defensemen now. I really didn't see the need for them bringing back Tony D'Angelo. I still think they're the second or best team in hockey, so we're going to be in for a good one with having them and the Devils in our division. But well, who was the defenseman I'm forgetting? Did you say Pesci or no? I said Pesci. Pesci, okay. Uh, Pesci, Slavin, Burns, Chatfield, D'Angelo. Um, Orlov. Orlov. There's one more guy we're forgetting here. I don't know. Yeah. Let me look up the Hurricanes lines. Is it Shea? Did you say Shea? Brady Shea. Yeah, maybe Shea gets traded. Okay. I know Shea. Wasn't think... Shea, like, analytically one of the better defensemen in hockey last year, Ryan? It was Brady know. Shea that I forgot. Um, um, I really like Jalen well, Chatfield, though. I thought he was very good last year. Yeah, I, I know there's some. there were some rumors about Pesci, so if he gets moved, I mean, you could slot Chatfield in there. Um... Yeah, this team got Dimitri Orlov and Michael Bunting this year after going to the Eastern Conference Final. We're obviously very comfortable with putting them in contenders. I don't think anyone will have a problem with that. We'll see what happens with Pesci. So Tony D's back, you know, it's probably best year was with the Hurricanes, maybe. No, Tony um, D? It has to be the Rangers the first year. 
He was so insane yeah. that year, man. He, like, he what, do you have a four-point night or a five-point night one time? Yeah, I mean, he, he was also, like, the one year with Carolina was he pretty was successful good. for him, and obviously not with Philly, so... Um, Obviously, yeah. he's back. That was announced yesterday, so, you know, we'll put him in contenders. All right, uh, Chicago. Chicago, they're going to be interesting. Obviously, they have Connor Bedard. I don't think they get out of... Maybe they're the top of tankers. Maybe they're bottom of pretenders. I don't think... if It depends how you look at it. Maybe, I, I think, around they'll be, like, the seventh or eighth worst team. I know Ryan's probably going to uh, make the... Uh, tankers tier bigger than i have in my head so we'll put him in tankers for now but he's they're probably at the top of tankers bedard's gonna be very good more likely than not taylor hall's a really good ad they have a few decent pieces i know they re-signed kurashev uh after their arbitration deal the other day they have some good players do they have enough to really make some noise no they still have they got rid of caleb jones too i believe um just kind of got to see what the kids can do. I know they got Reichel. They had they drafted a bunch of guys this year. It's uh, going to be a waiting process for them, but we'll see how Bedard can do. Taylor Hall should be fun as well. Here's how I'm looking at it. The goaltending sucks, and the defense isn't great. So I'm putting them in tankers. I know, obviously, Bedard Hall, that should be fun. Um, they got Foyno and I'm blanking. Um, Josh Bailey. Corey Perry. Corey Perry, Ryan, Ryan Donato. Um some of these other guys, they're okay. Obviously, they're young guys to take a step, but I'm going to put them in tankers. They're better. I'll put them over Anaheim and tankers. They'll probably be on national TV a couple times. Still think Seth Jones is overhated, but, like, as a team, I think they're going to be. They're going to be bad, but not towards the bottom of the league and not get the first overall pick. And I'm excited to watch Bernard. I mean, either he's going to fail spectacularly or he's going to be incredible. There's no real middle ground here. But um, next up, Colorado Avalanche. So many people that know me know I'm an Avs hater uh, between, you know, Russell Wilson and the rest of Colorado. I do not like the Avs. I'm putting them at the top of contender. I think last year everything literally broke wrong for them. I think they're going to bounce back. I rate them higher than the Carolina Hurricanes of all the teams we've done so far. And I'm pretty high on the Avs next year. Um, Jake, I'll kick it to you first before AJ talks about the Avs here. Yeah, forward group, uh, different this year. Obviously, no Alex Newhook. Um, we got Ross Colton. Miles Wood is now in the Avalanche. Ryan Johansson, obviously. Jonathan Drew's a Colorado Lab. So, Kyle McCarr and Devontae's. Um, so, yeah, they're a contender for sure. I don't think it's a debate they're a contender. I don't. I'm shocked Ryan said Carolina is uh, lower than them. I would put them probably third or fourth, probably third. Uh, Landeskog being out does hurt that a lot. I do think their team is incredible. Obviously, I think they have more high-end talent. I think just Rob Brendamore has that weird aura about him uh, and his weird uh, sitting chair. I guess he's sitting in every chair, but you get what I mean. The weird chair meme that's been going around for the last wait, few months wait. now. So if we put Carolina in Colorado in a Stanley Cup final, you're taking Carolina. I have done really the fed. They're both really fucking good. I'm not. I'm I don't not. think it. I don't think no, it's no. that clear so cut. We've cemented that the Avs are here, but AJ, say your piece. I don't think it's that clear cut. Carolina is really nasty. We're forgetting they didn't have Svechnikov all that playoff run too. 
Smash the Cobb's a top. Abs injuries? I mean, they no, I get that. Uh, yes. Like, they could have made a run and won another cup this year. They I agree with you. Suspended. We all know how much I love the abs here, but I think we also, I think the Hurricanes probably might just edge them out. I think they're probably second or third. They're around there. All them and the Devils, all three of those teams are neck and neck and neck. I think obviously they don't have, no team has the same amount of high end talent as McCarr, McKinnon, and Rantanen. I do think the Hurricanes have the best blue line in hockey now, though. They have seven in very, very good NHL defensemen. No one's matching that in the league with Carolina. Well, okay, like I said before, I don't know if you were here because I know you walked away for a few seconds. Six really good defensemen and whatever we're going to call Tony D'Angelo. Yeah, they're going to be good in the regular season, and then the playoffs will be how far their goalies can carry them. Same thing as every year. Fair. That's fair. That, that's how I have them. But the abs, I think, be even though Gorgiev is a weakness on the back end, I think their defense is strong enough and their forwards are strong enough to carry them. But um, now we have two in each tier. Uh, next up, Adelaide's Columbus Blue Jackets. I have them in, um, you know, I – this is tough. I have them in either the highest end of tankers or the lowest end of pretenders. I'm going to go with pretenders right now. Um, you guys can sway my opinion either way. I don't think this team's going to be good. I think they made some moves to save Yarmo's job if this all goes wrong, but I don't think they're anywhere close to the playoffs yet. Um, I'd put them high tier of pretenders. Would not call them contenders yet. I think they're going to have a good year. I think Igor Chinnikov, one of the more underrated wingers in the league, I think he breaks out for maybe 40 points this year, shows off his really good shot that we've seen against the Islanders multiple times now. They have a pretty solid team. I think Kent Johnson takes that next step. Yes, Kent Johnson, Ryan, not Cole Sillinger. <laughs> Just a little jab after last episode. Uh, and Adam Fantilli is really, really good. We'll see what he does year one with the Columbus Blue Jackets. I think they got pretty unlucky last year with injuries. I know goaltending is a big question. Do we trust Elvis? Not really. That's going to be their downfall. Their decor is pretty solid now. They did make some pretty good additions to it. I know they got Provorov too, so do what you want with that. Maybe he bounces back. Maybe he's less of a piece of shit. We'll see. I think they're going to be pretty good, though. Their goaltending fucking sucks. I mean, oh, I yeah. Thought, I thought you were gonna. <laughs> I thought. I I'm mean, not gonna debate it. What do you want me to say? That, that's yeah, I, I, they're, 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 they're in tanks. They're in tankers for me. Um, tankers, really? I think. I think tankers. They got better, no doubt. Like Provorov, Severson, uh, Fantilli's probably gonna make an impact. Um, yeah, but I don't know. I just, I'm not. I'm not an Ohio lover. Um, still, have Eric and Branson on the back end. So. Making a lot of money. Um, next up, the yeah. Dallas Stars. I'm going to have them low-end contenders. Um, you know, good-ass good, good ass hockey team. Jim Nill just got an extension for today. Um, well, for two years starting today. Uh, for making them a good hockey team. So I'm going to have them low-end contenders. Uh, wouldn't surprise me if they win the Cup, but I, I don't really see it. But I think they're up there. Uh, I said... Columbus for contenders I meant dreamers just to clarify that I agree I think they are contenders I think they're probably the fourth or fifth or fourth or fifth best team in hockey I think they're better than Edmonton I think they could win the uh, central division 
I put a bet on them to win the Central Division. Not that you should ever take my gambling advice, but I had a few free bets. I put one on Dallas. They're a sick team. They have everything you'd want in a up-and-coming hockey team. They really turned around the narrative of them being old and maybe starting to uh, decline and ready to you know, trade off maybe Tyler Sagan, Jamie Benn, start a rebuild. No, they broke out of that right away, and they did get a little bit lucky. They did get Ottinger. They did get Robertson, who really, you know, panned out to be better than anyone could have imagined for them so far. I know Ottinger wasn't great in the playoffs, but they're nasty. I think they're probably the second-best team in the West, in my opinion. I really like the Dallas Stars. Yeah, we know. Um, I know you're. I was just gonna say we know. <laughs> we know. We know your teams, AJ. Uh, but Jake, Dallas in contenders. Any any fight back? I don't think there's much. No, there. not at all. I mean, I think that's a pretty good spot behind Carolina. Got Matthew Shane this off season, so I think that's a really good signing. Went for a lot less than I thought he would. Um, still have Jake Ottinger, still have J Rob. So, um, Pavelski's getting a year older, but I think they're a contender, no doubt. Well, everyone's but, getting a year older. Yes, but it is more important that Joe Pavelski is getting a year older than... Well, I'm just here to bust your balls. Also, Rupe Hintz is fucking incredible. Why, Johnson? Yeah. Matthew Shane? Dallas is looking very good. Um, Miro Hiskanen is getting a year older. Um, Essel Lindell is getting a year older. About their side of the Detroit Red Wings, I'm going to... This is hard. I mean, this is the kind of pitfalls of the four-tier system. I think they think they're pretenders. I'm going to put them high-end tankers. I think they're going to stink. I I think by the deadline, they're going to be like, what the f- heck are we doing here? And just pull the shoot. I don't think they're going to be anywhere close to way in the Atlantic. So I have them as tankers, even though they probably think they're pretenders. But, um, you know, I'm, I'm fine moving them up to low-end pretenders. I'd put them in the same spot as Calgary. I'd put Columbus also over... Calgary and Arizona. I know no one can see this, but we're looking at the visuals on the, on our laptops right now. I would put Columbus at the top of Pretenders right now, and I would put well, I I think I put yeah, do Columbus, Detroit, Calgary, or whatever. Um, I do yeah, think me and Jake, me and Jake agreed they were the lowest end Pretenders thus far. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Never mind then. Um, I would put them in. Uh, dreamer, uh, not dreamers, whatever the, the third tier is, pretenders. <laughs> Ryan put the Trenton's tankers. They're gonna be, they're gonna be uh, fine. I don't think they're gonna be great. There's obviously I holes, but JT Conference is your second line center, so there's gonna be issues there. I think he's a fine player. Their team's fine. I, I don't think they're gonna be great. I think they'll be good. I think they'll be, you know under Boston and Buffalo, so I'd put them at high-end pretenders. Um, yeah, I'd have to agree with that. I, You know, sound a lot of guys. That was, you got Burn Kit, Copper, Sprong, Quim Costin, Christian Fisher. The back end is tough, man. I mean, Justin Hall, Ben Sherratt for many years is not great. I know they have Billy Hughes, so he's whatever. He gets hurt. James Rogers is goalie, so I know a lot of people are high on this team, which you know it's completely understandable um, because they brought a lot of guys in, but I just don't think they're that good. <laughs> Ryan, stop! 
<laughs> Next up is the Okay, we gotta give him context because you guys are just giggling back and forth. He keeps on putting in the Diamondbacks game and Jake's freaking out for whatever reason. I don't really care what's going on, so I'm not watching. If you want to give him context yeah. to what's going on in your well, no, uh, he, Diamondbacks. He's zoomed in on Bob Ben Sherrod. Oh, I didn't see that one. <laughs> yeah, there he is. That's why. That's why I was laughing. Oh, oh, I thought you were because of the Diamondbacks. Um, he, he stinks. Yeah, that, that yeah, was Sherrod sucks. Joke. I think Hole's uh-huh. fine though. He's not good. He's not god awful. He's not Sherrod bad. Is what I'm trying to say. That contract sucks he, though. He's, he's bad. He, he's really not good. Oh, yeah, um, also bad. Yeah. Just to move it along, the Edmonton Oilers. I have them top of Dreamers for the teams we have right now. Um, I don't feel safe saying they're a contender with their goaltending and defense situation right now. But I, I think I'd have them top of dreamers. And I would say they're probably in the Western Conference Finals next year. No, no hard and fast on that, but I'd have them at the top of dreamers. Uh, depends how many teams we have in contenders. I'd probably have them in low uh, lowest tier of contenders or top of dreamers. I'm fine with either. I still think whenever you have McDavid and Dreisaitl on a team, you have to be looked at as a, as a contender. They really need to get off this whole power play stuff and be even remotely average 5-on-5. Five five. If they're fine on 5-on-5 five five hockey and they're still killing it on the power play, there's nothing stopping them. Maybe the Avalanche, obviously. I think they're better than the Stars if they can get a fine 5-on-5 five five game. The Stars have a better team than them for now until they prove otherwise. I will put the Oilers behind the stars. You know, you have Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl. You're going to be a contender in my book. Four year back home. They got to figure out the goaltending. <laughs> Ryan, stop. He's obsessed with Ben Sherrod's uh, skin fade. Uh, yeah, but they'll be in contenders for me. I agree with you. Like, they got to stop being merchants in the power play and play like a hockey team. Coming from a team that is merchants yes. the opposite way of the power play. That should be a fun one. We have the Florida Panthers coming up next. Um, I'm torn between bottom of dreamers or high-end pretenders. Look, Matt, Matt Chuck's awesome. Like, this team rocked last year. I don't think it's a very replicable success. I think that was like a one-off last year. I'm going to put them at the high-end pretenders. Um, I know AJ and Jake might talk me out of this, but nope. that's kind of where I sit right now. I don't think they have any chance of winning the Cup. I think last year is the closest they're going to come. It's however you want to look at this. I would also put them in pretenders because they're not really Cup favorites, so they're not going to really make noise in the playoffs like they did. So in that sense, they're pretenders, but they're going to be better than the, than, like, probably they still could be better than the Sabres and stuff like that. I still think I like the Sabres team more than I like the Panthers, but that's because I really don't like the Panthers team at all. They did re-up uh, E2 Lusteran and say for three uh, three years, $3 million. Good player, but could they take that next step? They really don't have any prospects coming up, so they don't... I don't know. They're just a weird team. They could, they could be really good again. We'll see what Anton Lundell can do. For now, I'm putting them in top of pretenders. I don't care. I really don't like their team. They got Oliver ekman Larson. That's really going to save the day for them. Going from Mark Stahl to OEL. A few more power play points, sure, but... So, I put them in dreamers, but I'm not going to disagree there. Um, you look at their lines. Steven Lorenz is going to get minutes. Um, Denisenko has never improved anything at the NHL level. He's on their third line right now. Obviously, a lot of guys are hurt. Um <laughs> Dmitry Kulikov, Mike Riley, Nico McCullough, and OEL. 
are going to be playing big minutes next year. Um, Bobrovsky and Anthony Stolarz until Spencer Knight is, you know, back. Um, that's going to hurt. Um, so I just don't think they're a good team. I understand they went to the Stanley Cup last year, and, you know, that's that's a hard thing to do. Um, there's only so much math that Chuck can do, and I know it's, it was a tough kind of situation for Bill Zito to do um, because there's a lot of injuries out there, but, you know, just not – they did get Evan Rodriguez. I like that contract for them, but just not a great offseason, and um, I just don't think they'll be that good. Can I read you their decor right now with the injuries they have? Per daily faceoff, which is usually wrong. Uh, so take it with a grain of salt. It's Gustav Forsling, Josh Mahora, which, I mean, Forsling's good. Mahora, he's fine. He's whatever. Uh, OEL and Kulikov on your second line. I know we were really hyping up Kulikov, wanting him as our seventh defenseman. Pretty crappy, though. And then uh, Nico Mikola and Mike Riley. That shit stank. That's really bad. That's disgustingly bad. I know they have injuries, obviously, with Ekblad and uh, Montour. That's re- that's really bad, though, for a defense score, is it not? Ryan? Yeah, no, that shit stinks to high heaven. It, it's it's terrible. Um, I, I know the Panthers media is going to hype them up, but I, I don't think that's very good at all. Um, all Kobe. right, so next up, LA Kings. I'm going to put them high-end dreamers. I think this team has a shot next year. Um, the kids haven't come through yet, but I'm going to put them over the Sabres and dreamers. I think they have a shot to at least win the West next year. They're a little better, worse than that, but... You know, I, I think the core, like the hockey team itself for the LA Kings, like the forwards and defensemen, are good. And then they'll try to figure out goalie at the deadline again. And, hey, maybe it's Connor Hellebuck or Yusei Saros. Who knows? LA, when they want to win a cup, they can win a cup. So um, I'm giving them the benefit of the doubt here and putting them at the high end of Dreamers. Uh, AJ, what do you think of the Kings? I'm fine with that. I think they could. I don't think they're winning the West. There's too many better teams than them in the West. I do think they're very good, though, and I'm very excited to see what they could do with uh, PLD now. I really want to see Byfield take this next step. We all know how much I do. Like I'm a Byfield enjoyer here. They have really good players. I still think they need to have guys break out and grow some more, like Arthur Kaliev. Will he take that next step? We'll see. Very good center core now with Kopitar, Dubois, and Denal, uh, and Blake Lazat's fine. He's pretty pretty solid for your fourth-line center. The depth isn't there. I think Turcotte's an absolute bust, but they have a, a pretty solid team. Depends what you think of uh, their goaltending. It's really bad. That's the thing that's going to hurt them the most. Right now, it's Cam Talbot and Phoenix Copley. They lost Corpusello. That's really not good. They don't have any prospects that I know of coming through that pipeline in goal. Maybe there's someone I don't know about, but... um. Yeah, their goaltending is going to be their downfall. I put them lower end of uh, Dreamers. Still, I guess, for now, keep them at the top, but I'd put them lower later. I'm very high on the Kings. I, I Maybe I regret this, but I wrote contenders down on my list. Ooh. Um, very, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know. The original list never sticks out to be. That's fair. Um, so I'm cool with Dreamers. I mean, obviously got PLD. The kids need to step up, but um, very high on them this year. Obviously, the goaltending isn't as good as you know, kind of were was in the playoffs. 
Uh, fingers coping Cam Talbot and give me their goalies, but they'll have Gavrikov for a full year. He'll help out um, in a top four role. But yeah, the guys got to step up Quentin Byfield, Arthur Kaliev, um, Turcotte, you know, he needs to step up. Obviously lost Ayafalo and um, Bogarty, so. But I'm very high on them. I, you know, I think they're going to be really fun to watch. The kids take the steps, and the goaltending is better than expected. You know, I think they'll be top of the West. Or, you know, not like near the top of the West, obviously. Yeah, I, I could see anything for the Kings. Next up, my Minnesota Wild. I love this team. I think they're pretty awesome. Um, I always root for the Wild. I think Kaprizov is, you know, starting to lean towards underrated in this league. I love the Wild. I think it's going to be addition by subtracting or subtraction losing Dumba. They weren't the most crazy active in free agency. I'm going to have them above the Sabres and Dreamers right now, um, if you're following along. But, AJ, what, what do you think of the Wild right now? I'd put them under the. I'd put them under Buffalo. They have a good team. Kaprizov. I've been a big Kaprizov fan. I, know, I love everyone in the league, but Kaprizov's been one of my guys. If you've been following me or you, you know, you're friends with me, you know how much I like Kaprizov. I like collecting his hockey cards. I have a Kaprizov jersey. The rest of the team, I Matt Boldy's really, really good. He's. I really want to see how good his career goes because he could be probably one of the better American hockey players we might see. Definitely this uh, decade. He's had a very underrated start. I don't know how many. I don't see much love for Matt Boldy like he deserves. I know you see guys like Zegers and uh, Caulfield get all the talk. Boldy deserves some more love. He doesn't get the love probably because he's playing for uh, Minnesota, which is kind of weird to say that a guy from Anaheim gets more praise in you know the hockey town Minnesota or the hockey state. They have a good team. They don't have a great team. That's kind of my issue. I'd put them lower end of Dreamers. I do think they have very good goaltending in Gustafson and what uh, the corpse of Mark Andre Fleury, but you could like point out holes throughout their lineup. Like, eh, it could be a little bit better, but I still think that their top end talent is that top end to carry them. So I would put them behind. Um, I'd put them, uh, I guess, around the same spot as Buffalo. Um, I would take more Buffalo. Um, Bill Gustafson, I think, is very underrated. He had a very good year last year. Obviously, you got Flurry as your backup. I think Brock Faber is going to have a bigger role this year. Obviously, you know Dumba. Um, Matt Boldy is going to take a step forward. They got Pat Maroon for the fourth line. Uh, Marco Rossi, they still have. This is, you know, it's a good forward core. Um, and the goaltending plays like they did last year. You know, they'll be good. So. I'll uh, put them in Dreamers right between the Kings and Buffalo. Yep, I agree with you there, Jake. Um, next up, Les Montreal Canadiens. Uh, bottom of Tankers. I think they're going for the bottom this year. I think there's, um, you know, they have some interesting talent, some good young players, but I think they're going to be below the Ducks in the standings at the moment, which feels dirty to say because I was root for the Habs, but I think this year's more going to be more experimental. I think Caulfield's going to have a great season. I think Suzuki's going to have a great season. I think Zlatkovsky's going to have a great season. I think some of the minor league talent's going to take the next step. But for now, I think they're the worst team we've talked about thus far. Yeah, there's really nothing to talk about. They stink. Interesting pieces. But, yeah, uh, Jake, what do you have on the Habs? So, god damn it. Um, I had them, like as a pretender um but that's probably wrong 
But, like, Caulfield was hurt last year. If he plays a full 82, that's a lot more goals in the lineup. New Hook could take a step. But it's still the same goaltending and the same decor. Uh, nothing was really added there. So it's going to be rough for that end. But, you know, there's some guys in this offense I like. I like Kirby Dot. Uh, I like Cole Caulfield, like Suzuki, New Hook. Um, your edge could be on the team this year. So we'll see what happens there. But because of the decor and the goaltending, it's probably not great. I put him in um, – I can't read. I put him in pretenders, but like if they tank, I wouldn't be shocked. Yep, sounds about right. Nashville Predators. I'm going to have them in tankers. I don't think Barry Trotz has sent this team up very well. I'm going to have them above Chicago in tankers. Um, I think the team stinks. I think Yossi's good. I think Forsberg is good. But I don't think the addition of Ryan O'Reilly or Luke Shen is really moving anyone. I think Barry Trotz is trying to build a culture, which is fine. But I think at the end of the day, they're still trying to be a lottery team. So I'm going to have them at the top of tankers. Yeah, I 100% agree with that. Jake, any dissent? No, just a really <laughs> mid-team. You got Soros, which is going to help. One of the best goal tenders in the league. Um, but just the guy like Gariano is going to be in a top-six role this year. It's not great. Gustav Nyquist, I know they face off as an MLB all, but kind of gives us a, kind of like a template. And then he's the first-line winger. That's not awesome. Luke Shen's going to have top two minutes right now. Uh, they obviously have Tyson Barry as well. Um, Soros will help, but... Um, I don't know why. Just a really bad offseason by Barry. No offense. The Trotz aura. I, I don't think he's going to be a good general manager. Uh, next up, the New Jersey Devils. So I didn't want to put the Oilers in contenders here because I think the Devils are a contender. I was going to have them right right next to the Dallas Stars. I was going to hear the argument before or after, but like, I think the Devils are contenders, and I would put them above the Oilers. AJ, what do you think about the Devils right now? Uh contenders after uh in front of the stars above the stars i we could do this debate next time i'd love to talk about the avalanche and hurricanes and the devils we could save this for another day i'll put them at third right now on that list they're freaking nasty man their only issue obviously which is a big issue maybe not to some people anymore is their goaltending vanacek's fine we'll see what he can do he was terrible in the playoffs uh schmied we'll see what he is this year they have a really good team. They have Nemich and Luke Hughes coming up. Obviously, uh, I do praise the Devils a lot here, so we'll see. I definitely think they're one of the top three or four teams in hockey right now, especially after getting Tyler Toffoli. Yeah, obviously the top six is nasty. Um, I have them as a contender, obviously. You have Team Mount Nico, Dawson Mercer, Brett, Hughes, Toffoli is your top six. That's pretty good. I recall his back will be the third-line center. Uh, Pulak kind of had a down year, but obviously he's back. Um, Holtz, maybe Hill takes a jump. The defense is pretty good as well, especially if Luke Hughes is as advertised as he showed when he played at the end of last year. So, um, Not the best of the best. I'm still taking the Hurricanes over the New Jersey Devils, but they are a contender. And uh, they're very good teams in our division. It really, really sucks. <laughs> I'm fine with it. Next up, New York Islanders. I'm putting them over Minnesota Wild and Dreamers. Um, you know, that, that this is my team. I'm going to be biased. I put them over the Bruins because I think better, like current state, they're better than the Bruins. I think the Sabres have too many unknowns, um, especially in net. 
I think Minnesota has a lot of unknowns, you know, throughout the roster. They're basically competing 10 mil under the cap than anyone else. So I'm fine putting them right here below the Los Angeles Kings as dreamers. I think they have a dream. I think the team can put it together this year. Um, you have the best goalie in the league. That's going to get you very far. Um, very good defensive group, very good offensive group. So I'm having the Islanders right below the Kings and Dreamers. Um, AJ, where do you have the Islanders? Yeah, that's where I'd have them as well. I think we could definitely be better than the Kings. I know the Kings have more uh, high-end young talent, so people are going to get more drawn into them rather than the Islanders and our 32nd best, uh, 32nd best, of course, ranked prospect pool. Maybe 33rd. Maybe we'll make the Kings uh, younger uh, B team better than the Islanders at this point. But I'd say we put us right under the Kings. I think we're better than the Kings. Maybe. Uh, probably not. But this depends how you want to look at a few things. I think, honestly, nah, fuck it. Put them over the, put them over the Kings. We got Sorokin. Our team's better. Our team rocks. I don't care. I wouldn't put us... I would not put us in contenders by any means. I think we're towards the top of Dreamers. I just think we're better than the Kings. Yeah, that's... I mean, I wrote that contenders for fun, but <laughs> I have to be real with my, myself. They are better in the wild. I'm taking them over the Sabres. Um, no doubt. I'm taking over Boston. LA, it's certainly close. We have the edge on um, goaltending, for sure. But, um, you know... The only Sorokin, you know, anything can happen. Uh, but, you know, there's got to be some guys to step up, as we'll talk about. Yeah, we'll be talking about the Islanders till the end of time over here. Uh, but I, I think that's a fair assessment at this point. Uh, next up, the Nye Rangers. Uh, the Nye Rangers. Um, they proved last year that they cannot overcome the New Jersey Devils who are going to be in their division for the next couple of years. Uh, so I think they're somewhere between the Minnesota Wild and Buffalo Sabres. Um, I'll hang up and listen if you guys have any dissenting opinions. I think their offensive forwards are getting older. They're a little over the hill. Um, none of their young prospects have hit at all. Like They're all very bad players um, within I mean, in this National Hockey League, I think Adam Fox is pretty good. I think Igor Shesterkin's pretty good, but I would put them probably around where the Sabers and Bruins are. Um, your take on this, AJ? Okay, I I think it's a little bit unfair calling Lafreniere and Kako terrible players. They're very underwhelming players. I still think putting up forty points in the NHL at their young age is still fine. I think for what we were at forty points. What didn't Laf have forty points last year? I mean, we'll, we'll I'm check pretty sure left put up 40 There's left. No, no, no. 39, not 40. 39. Oh, no, the whole one point. Oh, man. He basically he put did up... not have 40. I want this on the record. Okay, he, he didn't have 40. Have he had 39. That's still very good, and we would be thrilled if that happened from Oliver Walsham. Yes, Oliver Walsham was not this generous. Yes, I know. I was saying that. Shut up. Shut up. Shut up. Shut up. Thank you. Uh, So, sorry for that. Uh, Sorry for that, folks. If Walsh put up 40 points, 39 points, we'd be thrilled. Uh, Lafreniere, he's been getting better every year. I don't think he's great. I don't think I don't think he's terrible. I don't think he's great, though. I don't think he's very good. He's probably going to put up more than 39 points this year. Uh, Kako stinks. He also has been getting better every year. So I think it's just a little bit unfair to call him terrible. I think you put him in uh, Dreamers as well, maybe above the uh, Sabres. They kind of yeah. ruined everything they had. They really uh, rushed the uh, rebuild. 
I'd put him over the Sabres, but not by a lot. Um, you know, Igor can only take him so far. Um, the dumpster diving this offseason, you know, obviously Blake Wheeler, you know, fine. Um, this Panarin, you know, obviously Panarin will have a good regular season. And these guys just keep disappointing in the playoffs. Conklin will not need to step up. We've been saying this for a while. Um, Jimmy VC is on the third line right now. Nick Bedino and Tower Pitlick are getting minutes. Barkley Goodrow is just not good for what they're paying them. And Jacob Truba is still still a thing. So um, I feel pretty confident putting them in dreamers. I think they're better than the Sabres just because, you know, Igor Shesterkin is the goaltender and probably, um, you know, Panarin and Mika will do their thing the regular season. But um, people thinking they're a full-out contender and they're going to get second in the division is pretty laughable. I think we're a better team, like no doubt. Yeah, because they're very stupid people. Um, they, they don't really think very hard. Those uh, people that think they're coming over the Islanders or coming over the Devils. I know there are some people that probably be like, yeah, the Rangers. The Rangers can't finish first in the division. Uh, Carolina has no goalies. No, um, that would be a stupid way to approach this. Um, next up, um, Ottawa Sanders. I hate to say it, I have them at the very top of pretenders. I could see either argument here that they could be low-end dreamers. I think Boston's still better than them. I think their top six is very good. I think their deep core is very good. I think that goalie signing was very stupid. Um, I don't take Ottawa seriously until proven otherwise, but I have them in dreamers. Um, AJ, you probably have more of a well-thought-out take. and um, Yeah, you, you go ahead with this one. Uh, I have them... I don't know, it's weird. I'd, like you said, Boston obviously has uh, for sure talent. They have the better structure. They have the better coaching. They have everything about Boston, even with the departures. You still kind of have some idea and feeling for Ottawa. We, uh, we have no clue right now. A lot of really good talent. I know they lost to Brinkett, and they didn't really bring anything of value back. Besides, like, Kublik's a good player. Don't get me wrong, but... You know, is that really going to push them over the edge last year? Is he better than Dabrinkit? No. They did get a first-round pick, and they did get Donovan uh, Sabrango also. So, whatever. Um, I will put them high-end uh, pretenders. If they're good this year, sure. I really hope Pinto is a great year. Long Island product. Love to see that. They have a lot of good players. We also have to... I really don't want to mention this here, but we have to see what happens with Greg Batherson and the whole uh, Team Canada scandal. I'm not going to get into it, but apparently there might be suspensions with the NHL brought out. So if that happens, that's going to hurt a team, and that guy's a complete scumbag as well. So what we got to see what happens there. If they lose Batherson because of everything that's going on and he's involved in that, fuck him first and foremost for partaking in that terrible stuff. Um, and... They're obviously going to lose a good hockey player, but that's not important here. What he did is a thousand more, thousand times more important than his on-ice production. But for this thing, you have to you have to take that into it. Yep. No, I I, I get you there, Jake. Any take on Ottawa? No, I put him in returners as well. Um, I like the decor. Obviously, you got um, Corpusalo. Let's see what happens there, but. Um... You gotta stay healthy, obviously. Uh, Norris was in and out with injuries last year. Like I just said, we'll have to see what happens with Batherson. Um They got Ridley Greek projected to be in the bottom six this year with Pinto. So um, I just I I don't know. I, I don't see it this year. 
with the Super Sens. I, I, so I think it's going to take another year, but um, so I'll put them on top of Pretenders. Ottawa Super Senators, the Summer of Pierre, Part 2, Electric Bubble. Um, next up, the Philadelphia Flyers. I'm pretty confident saying they're worse than the Habs and Tankers. I think I have them at the bottom of the bomb. Um, I might have them at the worst team in the league when this is all done, but I have them at the bottom of Tankers. Any disagreement, I think would go pretty quick here. No. I like Noah Cates. That's it. Good hockey player. Mark Stahl is getting minutes this year. Yes, they signed Mark Stahl to an NHL contract. Um, next up, uh, Pittsburgh. I was just saying, I like Sean Walker. That's about it. Yeah, that's fine. I like Sean Walker, too. <laughs> He's yeah. certainly a hockey uh, player. Next up, Pittsburgh Penguins. I have them below Florida and Pretenders. Um, you could put them anywhere at this point. I wouldn't be surprised. Until Kyle Dubas, if he gets Eric Carlson, then I'd be willing to consider them in Dreamers. But until this point, I think they're Pretenders. I think they're the basically the same team, just a year older. So I have them in Pretenders right now. I would put them high. I mean, I think they're better than Boston. I really do. It's just weird. I don't want to say they they're Dreamers, but I guess you put them in Dreamers. They're better than Boston right now. They're definitely better than Ottawa. They're better than Florida. They got Sid and Gino. They have Latang. They have Gensel. They have Rust. They still have really good players. I know Jari sucks, but Jari's a fine NHL goaltender when he's not playing the New York Islanders. They have some good pieces. They have some bad pieces. I think they're still better than Boston right now on paper until Boston makes their moves as of July 26th now since it's been a very long episode. So thank you for staying tuned. But um, I think obviously Buffalo has a higher ceiling. I think, uh, what's it called? Pittsburgh has a better floor, though. I certainly take them over Buffalo. Um, they're going to suck against us, but that's not the point. Riley Smith is a good ad for them. That, that sucks because... He's now in the killer. Got Lars Eller. Uh, Noah Chari and Matt Nieto will be on their uh, fourth line. They got Ryan Graves in the back end. So, um, you know, the, I, I'll take them over Boston. I don't think they're, you know, they'll be kind of similar point wise than last year. And it'll be a fight. Uh, them and Buffalo, I, I don't know. Maybe I'd take Pitt, but you can sell me either way. But I, I do think they're better in Boston because you can just compare the centers, right? Um, Gino and Crosby, Pablo Zaka, Charlie Coyle. So, um, I'm taking number Boston, Buffalo. It's a toss up. Um, so, um, I don't think they make the playoffs this year. When we do our little Metro preview in a month or whatever, we'll we'll talk further on that. But uh, I have them in Dreamers. They're just so old, man. I mean, like Latang's gonna fall off eventually. Malkin's gonna fall off eventually. Crosby will probably fall off. At some degree, I know he's an all-time player. They don't fall off the same, but, you know, one of those, either Malkin or Latang's going to fall off and they'll take a step back. And also, I think Kyle Dubas is a massive nerd. He's going to fumble this. Um, next up is the San Jose Sharks. I'm going to have them in tankers right under the Anaheim Ducks. You could tell me. AJ, you're, you're more in tune with these bad teams. If if you want them below the Canadians, I'll put them there. If not, put I think them below in the Ducks. I can't stand the San Jose Sharks. They disgust me. They stink. I they mean, stink in no their problem. rookie cards every year. Okay, we're going to be a nerd. Every year, their rookie cards always suck. So when you see the Sharks jersey, you want to cry. Fuck the Sharks. I hate the Sharks. Till they get I'll a good rookie. The 
Ryan, I'm putting him last. I'm putting him last. Fuck them. Because when they when they trade Eric Carlson, that's a lot of points off the board. Yeah, they're gonna be very bad without Carlson. They got They'll be better defensively though. And with Mackenzie Blackwood in the net, so I'm putting him last. I would take the Flyers over. Duclair would get him a nice haul at the deadline. I forgot they got yeah. Duclair. <laughs> Such a I like dream. Duclair more than anyone on the Flyers, pretty much. So I, I would have them above the Flyers, but. Yeah, I mean, Duclair's better than Noah Cates. You really can't argue that now. I love <laughs> Noah Cates, though. He's so underrated. I'm taking Konechny I'm taking over. Yo, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm taking Konechny. Yeah. I think Cates is going to be maybe one of those underrated Selkie guys in maybe four years. I know it's a yeah, long time, but I think... Tr- he's a chart. He's a chart He's guy. a chart, oh, He's a chart boy. Anywho, um, AJ Seattle Kraken up next. Uh, I'm having them in Dreamers. I'm going to put them right be- above the Minnesota Wild, but below the New York Islanders. Yeah. I think they're a very good hockey team, and that's where I have them. Um, shout out to them for a game of Vince Dundeal done. He's very good. <laughs> Dundeal done. I think they're better than the Kings, but I don't think they're better than the Islanders, so put them below the Islanders. They're adding Shane Wright this year. They're going to be nasty. I hope Jared McCann doesn't... Uh, doesn't regress. I really like Jared McCann. Obviously, I do like the Kraken. They're my second favorite hockey team. Weird to say that. Uh, but, yeah, I really do like the Kraken. I think they're going to have a great year. They have a very well-built team. Good young talent constantly coming in. So, we'll see what they can do. And Ryan is now putting a video of Stormy on my screen. I am not happy. Hey, it's Alex Leon. Or Lyon, whatever his stupid name is. Um, I'd have to agree with that for the Kraken. I'm taking them over the Wild. Um, pretty much the same forward group. Obviously, they added Yamamoto, but, um, you know, if he's playing right wing, he's the fourth right wing for me right now. I'm taking Burakovsky and taking everyone and taking Bjorkstrand. You know, he kind of had a down year. Um, got Brian Dumoulin. Um, he'll be in the, he'll be in the top six. Um, great job with the Vince Dunn deal. He's a stud. Um, goaltending will stay the same. So, but I like them a lot. They're, they're a fun team to watch. Um, so, yeah, I'll, I'll put them ahead of the Wild, but I think I'll, I'd take the Islanders. What about the Kings? I guess you'd take the Kings who said they were contenders too, right? Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. I think the Kraken are better than the Kings. I know the Kings have now that, now the more proven that. guys, <laughs> but I think the Kraken's goaltending, their depth, and I just, I know, Homer, but uh, I really do like the Kraken team. I think they're just better yeah. built. I'm a cracking guy too, so you know. Crackheads. Yeah, well, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna call myself a crackhead, but. I think they're fine. I I think we'll see next year. I think they're gonna regress. They're they're not very good in that. But Brian hates fun. Uh, yeah, yeah, but sure the Kings are worse in that though. They could. They they certainly could. They didn't try anything to get better in that. So. They didn't address their biggest issues. Well, so we'll what do you want them to do? Like, you want them to get Tristan Jari or Corpus Allo? There or... is a Juice Soros, and there is a Connor Hellebuck on the market right now. And they still are! Yeah, but if they do that, that's fine. But at the moment, their goalies are still Philip Grubauer and Chris Drieger. They stink. Better than the Kings goalies. So. But they're making so much more money than the Kings goalies. Taking, What's Drieger uh, making? Two million. What? What's Drieger making? He's not. He can't be making that much. Drieger makes four million a year. 
There's no way. There's not a chance. I'm gonna look. I'm gonna look. I'm gonna look. They signed him right before the expansion draft. I'm pulling it up on my screen. Four million. There's no he way. Is, no, he's making three and a half. He's making three and a half. That is still okay, way too much. Right, okay, fair, fair enough. Half. That's still a lot more than I expected. We're, we're clarifying. Three, five point nine, and three and a half. Four. That's not. That's, that's not great. Yeah, that's not Joey great. Joey Decord. Joe, Joey I like Joey Decord. I think he deserves <laughs> more NHL games. He, I think he's not good. Um, he had, next he had up, St. Louis Blues. I have them in the tankers, right? Probably. Oh no 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 no. I don't know. Team talent, they're pretty good. No no no. This team's no, no, no. They like are good. The they are they're so pretender. underrated. I wish they got Bedard, man. They would have been so much fun this year. People need yeah, to put more respect like, on their name. If I think about it, I like their forwards more than anyone besides Ottawa and Florida in Pretenders. Taking um, them over Columbus. I'm taking them, them over Calgary. I, I put them in Pretenders. But I think at the end of the season, they're going to wind up back in tankers because their goalies are so bad. So I'm going to put them right below Calgary and Pretenders. That's fine. Um, I'd put them over Calgary personally. No, 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 no. Yes, yes, yes. Calgary's No, 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 because Calgary has a goaltender that's not Jordan Bennington and Joe Hoffer. Yeah, but also Calgary sucks. I think the that's, Blues that's a, suck a little bit less. Listen. I, like I, the, think, I, like... I think you're you guys are very low on a defense that as of right now is Hannafin, Wegar, uh, Rasmus Anderson. Like they're, they're a pretty loaded team. We got two. um, I uh, this is what I was gonna say. I like the forward group a lot. I think Jakob Verana now that he's in a good space. I know he struggled with mental health last year. Um, I think he's gonna excel. They still got Jordan Cairo, Pavel Buchnevich is. Very underrated. Uh, they got Kevin Hayes. Sammy Blay. Hey, hey, Hayes. Sammy Blay is good when he's not in a um, non St. Louis. Wait, nope. He's good when he's not with the Rangers no, or at a family idea, party. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. He, he's a blue through and through. Uh, Spray Captain. Could he be decent? Maybe. Uh, Jake Neighbors. That's not great. I mean, Nicoletti's there. Um, the defense is fine. I, yes, Letty's there, Pareko. Okay, but Jordan, Justin Falk, we were clamoring over a few months ago. You guys were. I was not. Well, learn puck. Uh, Tory Krug, still a solid NHL player if he's still there. He's still there as of July 26th. This episode's going to be longer than open, uh, open I'm assume. Uh, Colt Pareko's fine. Bortuzzo's whatever. Scandella's whatever. Letty's whatever. There's some good. There's some bad. And then there's Jordan Bennington. And then there's Jordan Bennington. Who's their backup that, now? It's jo- right now. Joel Hoffer. I mean, he. People say he, when he played well, when he yeah, I was gonna yeah. say he's pretty underrated. He might take that starting job this year. I've seen a lot of uh, shouts for him being the next uh, underrated goalie to look out for. You might take that starting job. Me? Yeah, you. Right, I'll take it. Screw it. I'll be a I'll be a better human being than Jordan Bennington. <laughs> At the very least, I won't try to fight everyone every other game. Every, only every third game. Or throw your water ball at Nazem Kadri. Um <laughs> But anyway, next up. I mean, I'm, I'm fine wherever we put the Blues here. Uh, Tampa Bay Lightning. I'm going to have them in Dreamers right above the Sabres. Uh, I'd probably put them above the Rangers. I mean, they're an older core. They're really making their last kicks at the can here. Um, I don't think they're winning too many more playoff series. They're definitely in the DK era. They don't have any young talent coming up. Um, and they're just going to get worse every year. But I think Bassey's better than Igor. I think they're 
you know, they still have Hedman, who's worse than Fox, but they also have Sergachev. And they have, like, a couple of great forwards who I think are better than pretty much anyone the Rangers have between, you know, Stammer and Point and Sorelli and guys like that. Plus, they had a longer offseason. I, I honestly might even go far as put them above Minnesota. Yep. But I'll put them in Dreamers, even though I don't think they have a real, realistic shot of winning the Stanley Cup. I agree with you 100% everything you said. I don't think they're going to win the Cup this year. I would put them over the wild, though. Um, I really just want to appreciate Steven Stamkos for the last few years in the league, no matter if it's two, if it's five. Stamkos, uh, very underrated, very sad, some of the injuries he has suffered. Just appreciate him while he's still here, what he's battled, what he's overcome. I think it's a really good story, even though I know he did take two cups away from us, potentially. But I do think Stamkos deserves a lot of praise, and I think he has gotten that praise, but I want to make it known here that I really do appreciate Steven Stamkos and what he has done for, I guess, my childhood. I liked him a lot growing up as well. So, uh, shout out Stamkos. Uh, screw you, though. Also, fuck you. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I think what you're having is fine. I agree. Calvin Gahan is a Tampa Bay Lightning. Really? You didn't know that? Dude, yeah. I, I have not. I got to go through everything soon. I haven't even yeah. seen that. Yep. Um... Right now, the backup goalie is Jonas Johansson, who's probably one of the worst goaltenders in the league. But you got Vasilevsky, they're good there. Uh, they extended Tanner Chinoga, Connor Sheary. Um, their fourth line isn't great right now. It's Cole Kepke, Luke Glenn Denning, and Josh Archibald. Um, they'll take a step back, I think. Um, obviously, it's kind of coming to an end here of like the dominant template. This will be a good team. As long as you got Vasilevsky, Stamkos, Kucherov, Point, they'll be a good team. Obviously, not as dominant. So, I think where we have them is good. Um, I would wait can, also with the daily faceoff lines. They always find yeah. guys in their AHL system that no one even knows about. So, I wouldn't take like Cole Kepke's yeah. name to heart just yet. Or maybe Cole Kepke will be good. Who knows? Um, I might take the Wild over them. I don't know. I but just I, I you gotta give them some I respect. Think I think you just give them the respect that's deserved for everything they've done so far. Fuck them though. Yeah. Next up is two teams that are a little bit too way over the NHL salary cap. Uh, two Canadian teams, of course, they don't play by the rules. Um, first off is the Vancouver Canucks. Um, you know, as Bo Horvath would say. You know, it's much better in Long Island. I'll tell you that for free. What? I don't think what? it seems very good. Can you repeat what? that quote? Uh, well, it wasn't a direct quote. It was well, a paraphrase. Well, what it's much you... better in Long Island. I'll tell you that what, for free. Uh, break that quote down one more time. I said it's much better <laughs> on Long Island. There we go. Third there time's a charm. You said in. I misspoke. I misspoke. It's I know. Like, I'm just busting your uh, balls here. Brother, we're yeah, we're on like hour two. We're two now, or two three, hours and uh, twenty one minutes in here. Yeah. If you're still listening to this, bless your soul, and we're gonna ball bust the hell out of each other at this point. Yeah, that's right. We're, we've hit that point. We only have five teams left. Uh, but Vancouver Canucks, they're Twitter. still over the salary cap. They're not a very good hockey team. I would put them in tankers, but it, they're not. They're trying to win, so you have to put them in pretenders. I put them below Columbus and Pretenders. I don't think they're very good. No. Uh, respect to PD, respect to Hughes. I think they're a good hockey, like, good hockey players, but they're on an awful team. Yeah, but then you can't say Nashville's tankers then. No, Nashville's designed that the second that the going gets tough, they're just going to pull the lever and be bad. 
Yeah, but they literally signed good NHL talent. I'm putting Vancouver in tankers. I don't. I disagree with that. I, I think that's fine. I initially had them in tankers. I thought the goal, like once you put Columbus in pretenders, I moved them. Like I moved everyone up one. But like I'm fine putting Vancouver in tankers. Are they below or above Columbus? They're. I think they're below Chicago and Anaheim. Uh no, no, above Anaheim, above Anaheim. Yeah, they're uh, not a good team, but they have elite talent. Ah, uh, it's weird. They have really good players and then really bad players. They might be better than Chicago, but I think Bedard, uh, we'll give Bedard the benefit of the doubt here. Even though I have the same amount of goals as he does right now in the NHL. Yeah, and Rick Tockett sucks. So, like, they don't even have a good coach. Hey, be nice to TNT analysts. Sure. Sure. I will not. Um, he's not a good coach. I mean, like, he's you know, like X's and O's, Bruce Baudreau would do a much better job if he was still in the seat, but whatever. Take any of you on the Canucks? Do we move them? I would move them up. I think they're better than Chicago. That's fair. I wouldn't. I so wouldn't what, they still have, that. like, some good forwards, but the bottom, you know. They got Teddy Blue in this offseason. They got some defensemen. Um, in Cole. Not great defensemen, but. In Cole Carson Succi. Su- Su- Succi. Susie. <laughs> Susie's Su- Su- good. Susie's good, man. Uh, um, Mikheyev, uh, former future owner, will be healthy. Does Altarotu crack the lineup? I don't think so, but he stinks. He could. Yeah, also, yeah, so okay. Just... Okay. Uh, could could you pull up Altarotu? I know. We're, I don't care. We're going as far as we want to go with this now because we're over. 224. Can we look up Atu Ratu stats real quick in the AHL? Because I'm sick and tired of this Atu Ratu place. I just can't spell his name right. I mean, at least he can say it now after how, how long it was. What were his stats? Because you have it zoomed in. I don't. What was Ratu's stats last year? 12 points in 25 games. In the NHL or AHL? No, AHL. Oh, yeah, well, okay, so why are we... Okay, I'm sorry for screaming right now. Why yeah. are we hyping up Atu Ratu but shitting on William Dufour? I don't... I really don't get it. Is Dufour a year older than him? Probably. What year was Ratu born? Is he in 02 or 03? Dufour is definitely older. No. What year is What year is Ratu born? Are you not looking at... Are, I can't see the screen because I'm literally 02, recording. Okay, so Dufour is also 02 as well. If they're the same year, this makes no sense in my head. Why Dufour fucking Ratu is praised as this golden child? And I know Ratu was used to... Uh, uh, gonna be a uh, first like a top five talent. Why is Ratu being praised as like this next big thing, but Dufour is getting crapped on left and right? Man, that's the biz, man. It no, makes no, no sense. Not. Am I wrong? Well, I, I, I don't. Ryan? I, I don't have an answer for you. Ryan, like, I, I know Ryan might have an answer for me because he's more wired in. Because the prospect in with... industry stinks. They all favor the. They all favor whatever their pre-draft like concepts were, so they don't get fired. Like, well, let me take you through. So the Athletic today put out a 2020 redraft of uh, the draft, basically the COVID draft. So you, you probably remember this well, where Alexis Lafreniere went number one overall. If you were doing a redraft of that draft, both of you, take a guess. Where does Laf go? Probably like four or five. I think that's Jake. reasonable as well. What are you asking? Sorry. I where, where does Laf go in a redraft of 2020? Ugh. Top eight. Top eight. That's what I was thinking. Like top ten. He went fifth overall. So it, it's close to what eight they who said. But was, then you go down the list and there's guys like who's behind um, him. 
I mean, it, it, it's a bad redraft, so let me, let me just pull it up here. Uh, he's I mean, not touching it, Stutzel. Stutzel is going to be a superstar in this league. I know we didn't really talk about it when we were talking about the Senators. Stutzel is going to be one of the best players in this league for the next 12 years to come. I'm very excited yeah. to see what he can do. I want to know who's behind him because I get Lafreniere has been underwhelming. I still think he's been an NHL player. I, it's been very underwhelming, but I still think, you know. To echo the words of our friend Francis, redrafts are stupid because if you're redrafting, like the way these people write these stupid articles, they don't write it like Tim Stutzel went to the New York Rangers and then win a Stanley Cup. They just go, oh, wow, it would be epic if Tim, Tim Stutzel went to the New York Rangers. Now that's epic. Um, that would suck. Like, it goes oh, Stutzel, then Sanderson. The Sanderson, too, that. But then you go to Raymond at the center. Sanderson over Raymond? That's stupid. Um, just don't don't hyperfixate because we're, like, pretty far in on this spot. Uh, laugh at five. But then you go down. Okay, laugh, laugh better than five. Mercer? Or Lafreniere. Seth Jarvis is better than Lafreniere. Lundell's better than Lafreniere. Uh, and then I can I mean, yeah, 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 yeah. Jack, okay. I would debate Tommy, Lundell. Tommy. I think Jarvis is a better player. I still think Laff has a better upside, obviously. Uh, but Mercer's a better player than Lafreniere. There's really no debate about that. Yeah, I forgot Mercer was in that draft. So, yeah, I mean, 6-7 for Laff's fine. He's still a fine player. He's still better than Byfield. For, if, like, you can't say Byfield's better than Lafreniere. There's no way possible. But, okay, just next team. That's fine. Drysdale, yeah, and the Perfetti thing is just the guy saying I was really high on Perfetti then. I'm so high on Perfetti. Yeah, Perfetti's um, been fine. I, he's been fine for them. He, he's good. I like him. Um, yeah, on the Leafs, um, I'm going to put them in Dreamers ahead of the Islanders. I I really I don't want to admit the Leafs are probably a better team than us, but they're $7 million over the cap than we are. So right now they have a better team. We'll see what they do with the Nylander. Um, and I'll kick it to you, Uh Contenders, I'd put them. The, they're exactly the Edmonton Oilers situation, except they're not power play merchants. They were uh, losing in first-round merchants. They still have incredible talent. Isn't Muzzin just going to retire or something? How They have a way to get the cap out. I don't think it's going to be... I don't think it's going to be that drastic where they have to trade Nylander. If they do, that'd be really funny, though. They still have great talent in uh, 91, in Marner, and Matthews. Obviously, the defense is lacking. They did pick up Klingberg. They have solid depth. I think they're right up there. I know we had the argument about the um, Leafs and the Devils a few weeks ago. I think that's another team we could add in that debate. I'd put them in contenders, or maybe above Edmonton. Jake? My mic one of me. Okay, there we go. Um, I would take a minute. I would take Edmonton over them. Like obviously, we don't know what's gonna happen because they are seven million over the cap. Is William Nylander gonna be on the Toronto Maple Leafs October, whenever the hell the season starts? Who knows, right? They get tired for Tuesday. They got Max Domi. Um, they will put up points. Uh, Matthew Nyes will have a full season. Uh, they got tougher by getting Ryan Reeves for for whatever reason. Um, John Klingberg will put up points in the top four. This They got Jake McCabe for a full year as well. Um, and they got Samson up back in that whole arbitration thing. So, um, you know, they sh- they probably will be a first-round exit again. Um, I'm putting them what, – what do you think? Did you say contender or no? Yeah, I put them above, um, yeah. above Edmonton. Yeah. Dallas, right. you could debate. Maybe we'll, I think maybe next podcast right. we debate the contenders depending our topics. I think it would be fun talking about 
the uh, Abs, Canes, Devils, and Leafs. So we can figure yeah. that out. Uh, yeah, yeah, all right. We 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 can do that. You have them behind so Edmonton. Just final answer: Do you have the Leafs in contenders, or did you have them? I have them in contenders, but I would take the Oilers. But you, really, you can, like, look, look up and say you can go either way. I still would take the Oilers over the Leafs. I, I disagree. Yeah. We could save this for That's next fun. episode. Save this for next time. Yeah, we we could do all that next episode when we go into the minutia. But uh, Vegas Stanley Cup champions, Las Vegas Golden Knights. Um, they shed some of their roster. I'm going to put them in Dreamers above L.A. I yep. still think it's an awesome team. I don't think they're a real contender to win the Cup back-to-back, but if they did, one shock me. Totally fine. Um, so I'm putting them top of Dreamers. I agree 100%. Brent Howden's on their second line. Well, there's injuries that you'd have to assume. Or they're going to call right now, one of their well, prospects. It's just Nolan Patrick that's injured. Uh, well, I mean, he's always injured. Does that really count? I guess so. They have no injuries. Yeah. I really don't see how to. Well, I'll look at their lines. I agree with Ryan, though. Definitely not contenders. And I know yeah. Vegas fans are mad when people say they aren't contenders. If you're yeah. not picking them to win the Stanley Cup off the gun, you're just not, and that's fine. They want a cup. They don't need more. Yeah, we'll see how they look in a little bit. Um,. You know, I was high on Vegas last year. I might wind up being high on Vegas again, but it's a pretty good team. Bruce Cassidy's a great coach. Um, next up, Washington Capitals. I have them at the high end of tankers. I don't think they're going to be very good. I, I think they stink. I, I don't think this is a good hockey team. Um, they're either above Columbus. I would have had them... So the way the game's played out is you guys have Columbus and Pretenders. I had Columbus and Tankers. I have the Washington so also in tankers, but I guess by this metric, they'd have to be in pretenders. But I think they're better than Columbus, but not worse than any of the tankers. Or, I yeah. disagree. Uh, I don't think I they're better than Columbus. Him. I think, oh, like, I know the Ovi Aura, obviously. Ovi's a sick player, great player. They're going to try to always contend with Ovi. I just don't think their team's built that well. I think Columbus has a better built team. AJ and Blooper partying in Ohio. I, I mean, look at the, look at the Capitals team. Is what are you impressed about right now? I think they're better than the Columbus Blue Jackets. That, that's what I'm talking about. I they have it, it depends if Columbus is healthy. I think Columbus is better. They did get Patrick I mean, we are having a mid-off. We're having a real mid-off here. I mean, the Capitals top the the top what's it called top nine very very good. The rest. If it stays healthy, that's a, that's also another it's, thing. It hasn't stayed healthy. I know Backstrom's feeling the best he has ever had. Pacioretty needs to stay healthy. Tom Wilson's had Manta. some pretty bad injuries. Oshie's going to only get older, obviously, like everyone else is in life. Milano, whatever. Strom, good. Mantha, also injured. They're a very injury-prone team. Kuznetsov's probably still traded as well. Yeah, he sells the request. Their decor's fine. It's not great. It's not terrible. Carlson's awesome. Faravari is very good. Sandine. I I rate Faravari probably higher than most people, though. Sandine, solid. Very good. Uh, You know, they have a good team. They, on paper right now, they're better than Columbus. I just don't see them staying healthy. So, I... If Columbus no, stay fair. healthy, I, I think they're better. I would take them over Columbus right now. That's fair. Yeah, I agree. But when they get hurt, which they probably will. No, no, I, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. We save this for another time. Last team. <laughs> One team left. 
All right, folks. So the last team we have to go here is the Winnipeg Jets. Um, so J-E-T-S, the Winnipeg Jets themselves. I'm going to have them <laughs> higher in pretenders than Detroit. I'm going to have them right here. But they got uh, Aaron Rodgers. what they do with Connor Hellebuck. They still have Kyle Connor, who's better than anyone on Detroit. Um, I could make the argument they're better than Florida, but, you know, if they have an out- outside shot to make the playoffs, I wouldn't be surprised. I'm completely fine wherever Winnipeg winds up. I'm completely cool putting the mirror within the pretenders tier. Why are people hyping up the Winnipeg Jets now? I've seen this a lot by people doing these tier lists and like, oh, Winnipeg, definite playoff team. What are we smoking? I know Hellebuck hasn't been traded yet. No. No, they're fine. They're all right. They aren't better than Ottawa. I know, different conferences. They're better than every other team in Pretender. They're not better than any team, or maybe they're near the wild status, but they're not really that good. I'm not really moved by them. I think Kyle Connor's great. I think Shifley's a good player. Did they get better this offseason? No. They won the trade, I think, but no. They didn't get better. They got, yeah, I mean, sure, they got more depth. I agree with that, but are you still scared yeah. of that lineup? No, no, no. Not scared, but I think they can contend. So, by, like, biometrics right now, um, first in the West is Avs, second is Dallas, third is Edmonton, fourth is LA, fifth is the Kings, sixth is the uh, Kraken, seventh is the Wild. Eighth are the Jets, so I I get where people have them. Yeah, the yeah, them as weak. a playoff team. The West is weak, but sure, but I don't think it's a slam dunk that they're a playoff team. Their depth is kind of lacking right now. Uh, is anyone injured, or is I know it's a daily face, so take it with a grain of salt. Uh, they have Vlad and Mestikov in their top six. I'm not probably scared. Probably a daily face-off, but uh, a daily face-off Let, moment. Let's see what Rick they got del- there's just a lot of like eh, players. There's there's really good talent. Don't get me wrong, but depends on Hellbuck too. If Hellbuck's traded, they are in the shitter. Yeah. Yep. Fine by me. I mean, if they go to the shitter, if they trade Hellbuck, um, that's fine. It's just our rankings by July 26. But um. So that's the whole NHL tier list. You can follow up or find the final version on our Twitter. Oh, no, 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 on our X account. On our X account, that's right. (laughs) Um, I'll still call it Twitter until the accounts come home, but um, I'll post it very shortly after the episode goes up so everyone can see the the final tier list. Let us know your comments, your thoughts, your agreements. Uh, I think this is going to be a fun listen either way. Hopefully you made it to the end and... Uh, props to you if you made it to the end of this one. Um, very difficult for, you know, for a summer episode where we go, what are we talking about tonight? To make it to the three-hour mark, but it, it was still a lot of fun. Um, but anyway, you can follow me on Twitter at Romarn. You can follow Jake on Twitter at Prime Jakey. You can follow AJ on Twitter at Davido Hagi. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Skates and Stakes. And um, yeah, you can find out all of our other socials from there. DM us if you need anything on the Twitter. Um, thanks for sticking around with us with these summer months. We really appreciate the support. It's been great. We love having you guys around. Uh, but talk to you soon. Bye.